When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good afternoon. This is the run home on SENZ on Wednesday, the 1st of February. We're all good. We're back up and running, back in studio today. Beaver is here as well. Uh, And I made the silly mistake of uh, shoving two mints in my mouth like 20 seconds before we went on air. And when you breathe in, it feels like you're up the mountain. Would have been nice if I offered one. I actually Would you mentioned. like to? Well, so that you can feel the pain. Well, I mentioned I needed to go down to the dairy to get some chocolate. I was I was having sweet issues. Um, didn't get off of that, Jacob. Minty, you, minty did you get off of the mint? Sweet, no no mint your way. No, you no mint's my way either. And I tell you what, please, I'm please, please, I'm a professional. No, be my guest. Thank you. I'm a professional. Better have been the air break. Pour a few of them now, just in case you're wondering what kind of mint it is. Before we actually crack into some important things, it's those blue like eclipse mints that make your breath really fresh, but so fresh it almost feels like your teeth hurt. Dare I say, Jacob? I think we can relax tonight because it's seven thirty. Thank there'll God. Be, there'll be a post, and it'll be saying, "Great to be partnership with Eclipse uh, <laughs> Mint uh, Mints." We can rest easy yeah, there. We know oh, exactly I what's am coming. Not, but help yourself to the mints. I always <laughs> provide for the team. Our Beaver is off to South Africa tonight. If you missed that news, he is back on the playing field. Apparently, <laughs> uh, within forty-eight hours, he'll be playing in the team's tournament in South Africa. And I'll tell you what, everyone, he has walked in here without a moon boot on. Yes. He's actually walked in. Probably should, have a, moon, probably should have a moon boot on. Uh, but no, yes, I will be boarding a plane. I didn't think I was going to be looking at the forecast. Uh, but mm. it looks like he... You're not, good to go. Yeah, the, the great people at Auckland Airport, they got prepared this time around and uh, sandbanked it up and they're away. Flights are happening. Very lucky. Very lucky. Very lucky considering everything else that has been going on. Um, in terms of preparation, uh, I'll just let you all know, Beaver looks no different. <laughs> <laughs> Stuffy's uh, been doing training, get to see it. <laughs> yeah, well, look, uh, there is an issue of the fact that I haven't run. Um, I thought about running and then I went and saw a doctor on, must have been Wednesday, uh, Tuesday. It's, it's now Wednesday. Uh, and he said, look, um, you'll be safe to fly. Uh, playing rugby on the weekend on that foot, there's every chance you're going to blow those, uh, blow that stitches, well, the work that the stitches did completely open and we're going to be back to square one. But uh your decision, and uh, as long as you keep it nice and clean with antibiotics, uh, which I've just realised I've forgotten my antibiotics. Um, oh no, you're going straight from work here. This is the company man that Beaver is. You're going straight from work here on SNZ's Run Home, thanks to McDelivery, to the airport, international. Mm. Off you go. Yeah, so. What antibiotics do you need? Um, or just the ones they give you when you. <laughs> I don't know what they're called. I've just been pumping them full of them the last uh, last week or so. But no, it's uh, it's all go. I was on the CrossFitter this morning. Um, Kirsty, the CrossFitter, the, the, it, the cross, uh, the cross, cross, yeah, yeah, the, the assault bike. No, the assault oh, bike. Oh, Yep. So I was on that this morning, uh, trying to trying to convince myself that not running, I would still be fit enough to play rugby. Uh, probably kidding myself. I know that, but uh, look, your lungs will be blowing. Rolling subs. Let's hope. Mm. Hopefully, no one goes down in your team. No, I'm, I've already said. Look, I'll play. Just give, put us on about two minutes before half time. How and many two subs do you have in a tens team? Oh, I think five. You got five subs. Yeah, I think squads are fifteen. Right. 
Which, so three covering not, forwards, yeah, two, two bags. bags which is, oh, it doesn't leave much room for error. No. And how long are these matches? I mean, they're 10 minutes. Oh, they're, oh that's fine. No, you can not. get away with 10 minutes, <laughs> no, please. No, you can't. No, or like 10-minute halves? Or yeah, 10-minute just... halves. Yeah. Oh, okay. So after one effort, you find yourself I thought yourself 10 minutes blowing. of love. Look, Dubai. I mean, Dubai is not a great example because Dubai was a very social oriented team who then got serious when they're on the field. But uh, that was breathing for a straw. I, I've talked to you about Madrid. That was breathing for a straw as well. I don't know what Cape Town's going to be like, considering I'm probably not, as you said, uh, you still looking like you told me I'm still looking like I've enjoyed my Christmas. Um, That's not what I meant. I just yeah. said it doesn't look like you've been training. <laughs> <laughs> uh, games ten minute halves. How many a day? No altitude to contend with? No, no altitude to contend with. So I think it's... F- You're at sea level. At sea level. I think there's four on the first day and then three on finals day. Jeepers, what state are you going to be in? Oh, I don't know. What state am I going to be after I put my first beer away? After On the- Friday. <laughs> <laughs> no, Saturday, of on course. On Friday, do you I'll, mean? I'll wait for us to be lifting the title. Oh, uh, you won't be smuggling grins into the country again? Uh, well, I'm actually meeting a few mates, so I'm taking a few boxes over oh, for the boys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. taste testing. Taste testing. You always need, of you course. Know, a second opinion. Yeah, and these boys know how to give me an opinion. They're, I don't know if, because South Africans, even from a young age, South Africans are very big on their red wine. I think because they're obviously very proud of their red wines. I don't know if they. Detour Where's too the much. Red wine region. Stellen, Cape Town, Stellenbosch. Oh, Cape Town. Yeah, just out of Cape Town, oh, Stellenbosch. Lovely. Yeah. So these very wineries. Famous. Oh, unbelievable. Oh. One of Fozzie's great coaching moves was to take <laughs> us there often on Sundays um, after a game against the Stormers. Mm, mm. Lovely. Mm. That's where he always got a tick in my box when he got reviewed from me. End of the year, <laughs> tick. Yeah. That's all you need. I'd, I'd, be walking past, I'd be walking past him as I was walking to a review with New Zealand Rugby about him and he'd say, remember Stellenbosch? Oh, yes, of course. Right. <laughs> that's what he should have reminded those All Blacks boys. Maybe he did. Maybe he did. Oh, mm. Maybe that's why he came, they came out and supported him. <laughs> uh, all jokes aside, though, uh, have you been following the Razor Robinson rumour mill Scott Razor Robinson and do you believe he will be the next All Blacks coach announced as we're led to believe in the coming months well it's it's, it's this month it's Is February. it this month? We, we were told last year. I'm sure we were told last year. By February. February. February we're but they have... haven't even accepted applications for this job. Are they not going to? I don't think you need to. Okay, so we'll know this month. Well. You shouldn't. You shouldn't have applicants for the All Black job. You should just go, right, I reckon we get him. Yeah. Sit down, have a conversation, maybe over a long weekend at New Zealand Rugby, I've often say, four months ago. I've often said this about rugby jobs. Like, What can you, when you're looking at someone, what's he going to tell you in an interview that's going to either say yes or no, and if he does say something yes or no, I think you've gone down the wrong path because that ain't that ain't coaching a team. No. Oh, he he's got a nice PowerPoint presentation. Fantastic. Is that what they have to do? Well, I mean that's me glorifying my own point here, um, which we Is tend that to what do. You had to do in front of Floss to get your job at Waikato do a PowerPoint no. presentation. No, 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 no. You couldn't work out how to put the USB stick in. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, look, there was no technical issues involved for me to get my job at... Uh, they just knew what you could provide, which uh, is what you're saying with coaches. Yeah, and, che- and for a real cheap rate. So uh, <laughs> I was an easy option. Mm, um, million but yeah, dollars isn't cheap beef. Um, <laughs> I, I just can't see why the interview process. Well, look, maybe there doesn't need to be an interview process and maybe... Scott Razor Robinson already knows that the gig is his. Now, the reason why I'm saying this is because Joey Wheeler, who of course works uh, on the wonderful broadcasting network Sky Television, has sat down or driven around, I should say, with Razor in an interview 
pre-season because it is, of course, his last season with the Crusaders. And this is what he had to say. Hey, look, I I know you're probably sitting on a bit of an edge wondering where we're going to go with this interview, but I thought, you know, we need to get the elephant out of the room. You're thinking it, I'm thinking it. (laughs) So if you don't mind addressing it, (laughs) just address it. The wee elephant in the room, eh? There is an elephant in the room. (laughs) Well... Someone else will address that, I reckon. <laughs> Hopefully very shortly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, perfect oh, response. Good start, Joey. Oh, good Proud start, mate. Hmm. What do you reckon? He's got the job, surely. Surely it is a matter of time, Beef, before he gets unveiled as the next All Blacks coach 2024. Yeah, in a former life, I was a... Body uh, body language expert. Yes. And, uh, like oh, could, you read the body language. Like I could tell people were lying. And I'm also a voice expert in interpreting. There was no stutter. Mm. There was no – there was a zest to his response. He's happy. Yes. He's won. There was a zest. Uh, so if I'm a betting man, and I'm not sure if a TAB's got a book on this, I would say as of February, he's going to be in a position where he's pretty happy, I'd say. Sounds like he already is. Mm. Sounds like you're ready. And that is us reading between the lines. The full interview will be on Sky Sports social media channels. So go and have a look if you want to uh, do what Beaver has done and read the body language uh, that Scott Razor Robinson is putting out. This is all just speculation. It's just us reading between the lines here. But when you listen to that interview, him saying, I'll address the elephant in the room, someone else will. Yes. Hopefully soon. That I... gives a clue away, doesn't it? <laughs> Very. A huge clue for me. A huge clue. Mm. Um, the biggest indication yet that we may have a new black coach for me. Look, are you unhappy about that? Are you asking me or the yeah. public? Are you? Uh, I, felt, I said yesterday, I think it's the best thing going forward, but I also think it's the best thing for right now. I mean the appointment. Yes. I mean Razor. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, I think it, it's great. I think it's, and I, and I honestly think it'll be great for this year's All Blacks. And Fozzie, and, and Fozzie won't agree with me there, but me and him never, often didn't agree. But I think it'll be the best thing. But you'll just thing. remind him about Stellenbosch, so. Yeah, so yeah, Stellenbosch fine. One of your finer coaching moments for letting me get a Stellenbosch Foz. Maybe uh, next year he can help you at the tens. <laughs> Maybe. Take him back. He'll be going with me. No, the last thing he would want to do is go on a three-day weekend with me in Cape Town. <laughs> he wouldn't come back. Offer it up. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I, I honestly just think it'd be wonderful if hopefully we get this announcement in February and then it's come out of the way. Out of the way, then they can just zero in on this year's World Cup. Focus on Super Rugby, on yep. these teams and on these players and who's performing well. Focus on the World Cup yep. rather than focusing on who is going to be the next coach. Um, I feel like that is our strongest indication yet that Razor will be unveiled. What do you think, though? If Having listened to that audio, what do you think? Do you agree or do you think we're just blowing smoke up? You know what here, double eight, double three on the Temper and Bedpost text line or 0800 150 on the Makita New Zealand phone line. We've got a couple of other uh, bits of audio to play you as well. This next one, Beeve, this is where things start to get really interesting. Our great mates, Joel and Fletch, who we cross over with on a Wednesday usually, they are back from their break, but they're filling in uh, on breakfast for the week. And, well, we know Fletch is very close to the Roosters. He thinks an all-black will end up at the Roosters very, very shortly. Have a listen. Mate, if, if Roger Tuovasa-Shek <laughs> turns up to the Roosters... Yeah, and yeah. without Suwali, Tupu, Manu, Teddy, any of them going, the NRL should just walk out and say, yeah. OK, you beat us. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, but hang on. The salary cap's over. Chooks, yeah. uh, Viral's left. 
Tommy Two Phones is a Chook fan too, and he's a, you're you're Sam, a Chook fan. Yeah, I'm a Chook fan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Sammy Verrill's left. Yeah, oh, there's a little bit. A lot. Yeah, a little bit. There's a little bit. Smitty, uh, the cheese came because he wants to win premierships. Yeah, you know, you took you, a cut. You, mm. you stay for less. Oh, I'd love, I'd love that to happen. The, Don't. And, and by that 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 screams <laughs> of audacity, temerity, hide. <laughs> it's just rats ass yeah. roosters just going. Ah, look at this. Yeah. We got you, didn't we? Well, I'd love that to happen. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not genuine. The rumours are getting very, very strong. Please happen. That Roger. would be the greatest thing ever. Roger would... playing left centre. Roger playing left centre, according, according to Brian Fletcher. Look, JK, Sir John Kerwin said it on the breakdown, I think mid to late last year, he said that the rumours were that uh, Roger had a contract in front of him from the Roosters and he was close to signing it. The further that year on went on with the All Blacks and the less game time that he got, the more likely it was he was going to sign right beef. This is not this has not come out of nowhere. No, it's not a surprise. I still think it would be a funny time for Roger or Roger's people to go and do it. The, the league thing is always going to be there for him. And in, at the start of such an important year, I just think it would be stupid on his part to not wait until June when that all-black team is announced and he gets a lot more clarity on where he stands. I still say, and you know this will probably rankle a few, anyone and everyone was going on how great he was in last year's Super Rugby. He then didn't play for six months. He also only got half Super Rugby yeah, because, because he was, of his injured. He was injury. often injured. And by the, by the back end of it, if you believe what we heard out of the Blues camp, he played that final on one leg. Mm. Hamstring was already done before he got out there. So I am... And I mean, I don't care either way, but I'm just saying, I think if you're Roger, you bank another year before. I mean, the Roosters are you always going to You don't think he's going what, for the competition starting no. in March, do you? It'll be for next year. Oh, it wouldn't be beyond league and the Roosters to Roger miss on the World Cup. They, so after Super Rugby. They pull him out of the MVC. Just in time for the finals. Just in time for the finals. Because <laughs> yeah. they have a. And they, internationals. They have a very late um, cutoff. October 1st, I do believe, I think, if my memory serves me right. Thank you, Producer Jacob. Um, as far as when you can swap teams over. So it could happen mid-year. Post-Super Rugby uh, and after Rugby World Cup announcement. Also, now that we know there's more players selected for Rugby World Cup squads, it's increased by two, does that give them more of a chance? Of course it does. It does. Of course yeah. it does. And the benefit of every person that plays first five for the All Blacks can also play fullback. Uh, Geordie Parrott can, can play everywhere. Will Jordan as a winger who can play fullback. So, Amy McKenzie. Yeah, so you've got a lot of utility value. So it's interesting. The midfield is going to be, and the fact that the midfield, let's be honest, still we don't quite know. Although Geordie's now sort of... If, they decide Geordie's a midfielder, and Geordie's one of your midfielders. Rico's on the wing, according to Beaver, remember, but it changes weekly. And our most powerful backline here is? He's on the wing, Anton yes. Leonard Brown, and Geordie Barrett will be our midfield for the World Cup. Yes. Do you still stand by that? Stand by it. Um, <laughs> stand by, Gawler. Jeez, <laughs> uh, you've got me picking all back teams. Uh, yes, February, February 1. February 1, isn't it? That's right. It is February 1. Our focus right now, though, is uh, Roger Tuivasa-Shek, who... You would like to see stay, stick it out at least for the next six months, have a full Super Rugby season, then make a decision. Yeah, you don't want to be playing Super Rugby with this contract already signed with the Roosters because what's that do for your mentality? Mm. 
you want to be playing for the Blues, wanting to be the best for your Blues every day, so then you can possibly be an All Black. Mm. And if you're suddenly an All Black, that would change the pitch as far as the Roosters for them, wouldn't it? Where there's smoke, there's fire, though, and the fact <laughs> that a Roosters player, former player, is coming out and speaking about this, must be close. Must be close. Scott Razor-Robertson, after what we hear, what do you think? What do you think? Marcus said he was signed and sealed back... When I broke the news, he had the job last time. I think he was seen going into New Zealand rugby around the test the All Blacks won in South Africa to save Fozzie's job. Well, we actually, we broke that story, didn't we? Yes, we saw him walking. Walked straight on in. Straight on in. Double eight, double three. We'd love to hear from you today. What do you think? Is Roger Tuivasa-Shek going back to the Roosters? Would you like to see him stay in Super Rugby? Uh, or would you like to see him back in the NRL? And do you think Scott Razor-Robertson will be unveiled as the next All Blacks coach after the bit of audio we just uncovered from Sky Sport? Coming up on the Macca's menu, thanks to McDelivery, we're going to talk Super Rugby and how we can improve the competition. We catch up with Paul Mwati from the TAB and after five o'clock, Justin Nelson, who's the head of events at Sky, is coming on the programme to talk Super Rugby and what they can do. We talk the breakthrough star of Super Rugby this season, plus we have a $150 TAB bonus bet voucher to give away when we play Drive to Survive. After six o'clock we cross the ditch and catch up with Barney and the Professor. Those two are just brilliant. We had them on last week as well. And former all-white Jacob Spoonley joins the show. That is the Maker's Menu thanks to McDelivery, delivering your Maker's favourites straight to your door. Hey look, I know you're probably sitting on a bit of an edge wondering where we're going to go with this interview but I thought you know we need to get the elephant out of the room. You're thinking it, I'm thinking it. <laughs> so if you don't mind... Addressing it? <laughs> Just address it? The wee elephant in the room, yeah. eh? There is an elephant in the room. Well, someone else will address that, I reckon. Hopefully very shortly. <laughs> oh, perfect oh, response. Good start, Joey. Oh, good Proud start, mate. Razor Robertson, he hasn't taken up a job with England. Uh, he sounds pretty happy. And he's in his final year with the Crusaders. Whew, talk about elephants in the room. I I took on Kirst's challenge of that new sponsor. She's got the uh, mints, peppermints. Uh, they are quite powerful when you have three of them. Um, the more I listen, minty fresh, so I can smell it from over here. <laughs> Going to have people <laughs> fainting around me soon. Um, you fantastic interview, Jay. Uh, yeah, the more I listen to it, the more I think uh, it certainly the zest in the voice. I uh, he's I, happy. He's happy considering uh, everything that went on. What about an incoming All Black coach telling an interviewer that he's proud of you? Good, good question. Proud of you. Uh, <laughs> the times we live he's in. He's a lovable guy, though, isn't he? Uh, oh, well, he's just a lovable guy. I could just imagine Graham Henry turning around to a journal and saying, proud of you. Great question. <laughs> Not in a million years. We're going to have some wonderful press conferences between Eddie Jones and Razor Robertson over the next few years if it is to come to fruition. Yes. Um, a lot of a lot of people in favour of this. Give them to us, B. Give them uh, to us. Richard, two positives of Fraser being named for me is that it may keep more players in the country after the World Cup and hopefully reinvigorate interest in rugby as a whole in New Zealand as far as supporters go. His personality, I think, could bring people back. No doubt about it. I agree. Personality is X factor when it comes to Razor, and that's why he appears to get so much out of his team. And uh, we've sort of been missing it, haven't we? If we if we're honest, because of the media managers that come in and manage the players and coaches, we, we've. We've sort of missed these personalities. But that's rugby in general. I think that's rugby in general. 
Yeah. yeah. I don't think it's yeah. just the head coach at the moment. No, um, no, no, no. I think it's rugby that's not in general. What I'm saying. Yeah. And I think it's happened over a long period long of time. Long period of time. It's yeah. not just something that's happened in well, the last year. Well, the media's year always or two. been the enemy. Until good people like you and me join the. You're a media drongo, B. Yeah, I'm a drongo. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Marshy from the Hawks Bay. Hey, guys. Yep, Razor for sure. Great move. It'll keep the Cantab haters off Fossey's back, and everyone can just back the ABs. Cheers, Marshy. Uh, obviously, not Justin Marshall, that one. Uh, different Marshy. Hawks Bay Marshy. Hawks Bay Marshy. Yes. Um, put a truth to that one, too. Hey, Beeve and Curse. Definitely feel Razor's the next AB's next coach. Brings a special dynamic to a great brand. But where's Mike Delaney? He's got my vote, an AB's coach from Jake. Where is he now? Well, he'd be, si- he'd be sitting in the mount, um, relaxing. Nothing stresses the one and only Mike Delaney. But, he'll be coming out of retirement after hearing that news but about ja- him. But Jake, not, not, um, not the funniest uh, question or sort of statement there. because Why? Because Razor tried to get... Mully's down to help him out for the Crusaders. As a player coach. Oh, no, he went down there as a player in his last year. When yeah, he was, player yeah. coach. But no, then when he went full-time coaching. But um, what? Oh, just, he doesn't um, want to be down in Christchurch. Yeah, just, just I mean, work. the lifestyle in, in Mount in the Mount, and just He's got a young family, yeah. young kids, so he stayed up in the bot. But, hey, don't rule it out. The mm. Mulls, an AV's assistant coach. That would, uh, I'd hope, there's, there's a classic saying in life. He's a great friend of the show too. Yes, he is. But uh, do as I say, don't do as I do. That would yeah. have to apply with Mike Delaney and his coaching teams. Uh, you also, after what I saw <laughs> from the two of you in Madrid, <laughs> I, think, I think you're both on that bandwagon. But let us know what you think about that audio, what you're reading into it. Do you think Razor has the job and will he be unveiled this month? If what we've led to believe is true. You're listening to The Run Home on SCNZ. It's great to have you joining us today. We want to hear from you, double eight, double three. Do you believe what you heard in that audio between Scott Robertson and Joey Wheeler? Will he be the All Blacks coach unveiled pre-Rugby World Cup in the next month, we're led to believe? Ken said no, not happening. On what regard? Well, maybe Ken knows something we don't. Ken does know a lot of stuff. He does know a lot. He does get oil. Mm. He gets a lot of oil. So maybe he knows. Mm. That is it. He said, no, no, it's not happening. Chris said, I heard a Fraser gets the job. He's bringing the Blues media manager on board to keep the journos in line. <laughs> I've actually got a new media manager at the Blues. Have I? Yes, James Bennett, who used to be with New Zealand Cricket. Okay. Haven't had any dealings with him yet. Mm. Well, I'll tell you what, as, long, as Chris is alluding to there on the run home, as long as he actually lets us speak to some of the Blues players and doesn't have to send a month um, notification in prior, then we'll get along just fine, Mr Bennett. To be honest with you, yeah. we have had quite a number of All Blacks last year, didn't we? We had more than any of the other shows. We were lucky. Well, we are still waiting for the big one. Who? Three initials. Not SBW, the other one. SB, uh, RTS. RTS. We're still waiting. Oh, sorry, I'm talking about All Blacks, not Blacks. Oh, yes. yes. Sorry. Yeah. No. No, yes, <laughs> like, we have I had like problems that, with the Blues. I like that from Chris. <laughs> Look, and no one's had RTS. No. So. Maybe it's... Maybe that could be the door that opens his rugby career. Come on the run home. In Rog. studio. Rog, come, come and sit down. Yeah, well, Nico Hines spent a day with DC. So yeah, can we talk about this? Can RTS uh, spend a day with Beef? If you miss this, Nico Hines uh, from the Sharks in the NRL, of course, must be in New Zealand with his fitness trainer, I believe, training, had a session with Daniel Carter yesterday. How and why? Fitness-wise? 
No, kicking session. Oh. <laughs> DC, DC town for a jogger in the park. No. So he needs he more hill sprints. Coach there, the Sharks. Ah, gotcha. Uh, Nico Hines, is he left footed? Yeah, I think so. He might be left footed. Although there was a picture of him uh, kicking off his right, so I don't know. DC was on his knees just judging the form. <laughs> oh, not far out. Dirty. Um, <laughs> any of this spot, any of this gig maybe? Yeah, maybe, maybe. It didn't um, look like there were any ca- like it just looked like they were yeah having a kick around. yeah just well, having a kick around. I mean, I've always said DC phenomenal, phenomenal kicker of a ball, and that's just not just goal kicking. Like they always talk about the great league kickers, yeah. like your Cooper Cronks and all this. I, I struggle having obviously seen DC on the field in training, playing with and against. I struggle to see how any of them would even compare, considering. The, the lack of time that he can still execute the 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 art of the cross kick the the dinks over the top the grubbers oh, he'd be he'd be a very very wise option as far as going and getting some tutorage from but would the sharks have sent Nico Hines over or, I'd say so. well I mean they why would they not send DC over to the sharks just like Daryl Halligan how he goes around to all these NRL clubs maybe Dizzy said get here I'm not coming yeah meet me down at my I local I don't want to come to to Cronulla. I'd imagine DC probably would have liked to go on to Cronulla. Um, artificial turf, it looked like. Yes, is that down at College Rifles? College Rifles yeah. Right next to his house. Yeah, so, yeah, no, it was uh, maybe, maybe Dizzy's actually training himself for if there's a classics game this year. Maybe he's Madrid part two. He only came as a. Would that mean you'd miss out? No, I think, we, I oh, think they could accommodate. Still be there. They could accommodate both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, he came as a water boy this time around. That's right. So. He must have liked what he saw. <laughs> off the field. <laughs> off the field. <laughs> off the field, he was close to MVP. <laughs> oh, no. Between you, the next All Blacks assistant coach, and DC. <laughs> Oh, look out, look out. Time now to hit the TAB with Paul Mawati. Bet live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. Paulie, uh, if you haven't heard, we have just unveiled the news here on the run home, an exclusive Scott Razor-Robinson, it sounds like, will be unveiled as the next All Blacks coach. What are the odds you give that of happening in the next month? Well, if it's coming from you guys, we're closing the book. There's no, we're not we're not taking any bets. We know the oil must be good if it's coming from you guys, and it's probably the most likely outcome anyway. So, yeah, no, you'll have to find something else to have a punt on. Paulie, though, where I reckon you could um, make a little bit of money and, and have an, more of an open book is whether or not this alleged February press conference is in fact the announcement or it's alluding to the fact that there could be another press conference. I think that's your, <laughs> that's your flip of the coin uh, book right there. Oh, you media drongos are always trying to beat something up, aren't you? Faves learned a lot uh, in a year and a half. We're a savage well, bunch. Speak, speak, speaking of rugby, oh, just having a look at the World Cup outright winner book, um, and I thought with the news of Eddie Jones taking the reins in Australia, maybe that might have stirred up a wee bit of interest with our punters out there. Australians, the Wallabies, are currently $12 to win the Rugby World Cup. Um, but it really hasn't, no, it hasn't um, sort of uh, pushed them to, to have a little go on the Australians. Uh, no surprises, the All Blacks are the best backed in that outright winner book uh, in, both, in terms of both turnover and individual bets. The second best back team has been the the, the favourites, the French at 350. 
uh, and the second best back team are the Irish, who of course uh, came here uh, last season and, and won the series, and they're currently paying six dollars to win the Rugby World Cup. But the best back team, the All Blacks, three seventy-five at the moment. The French are the favourites at three fifty, but there has been support for Ireland at six dollars. I still can't get it through my head if you're not a patriotic person then your money should be going on Africa still the team that I reckon when it's all said and done will be very very bounced Paulie while we're on the futures as far as uh, international rugby goes have you had much interest I actually looked at it yesterday in the Six Nations coming up because it's a fascinating Six Nation that's about mm. to kick off yes it's, it's certainly in the lead up to a World Cup um, you'd think that there'll be a number of players who've got plenty to play for to secure their spots and that um, I'm just having a look now at the market, and in the outright winner book, uh, the best back team has been has been the French so far, yep. but only slightly more than the Irish. So the Irish are favourites at 225. We've taken slightly less money on them than we have on the French, who are second favourites at two dollars and fifty cents, uh, and then the English at 450 are the third best back team. Not a lot of support for the Welsh, the Scots, or the Italians, uh, unfortunately, uh, for those countries. But yes, plenty of support and action on the French at 250 to win the uh, Six Nations uh, this year. There's also, I think there's a Grand Slam yeah. uh, book as well. Uh, and the French are the best back in uh, that as well. They're paying $5 to complete the Grand Slam, and in the Triple Crown uh, winner book, um, it's all about Ireland at 2.25. Do you think both work and Gatlin will have an impact on the Six Nations? It's fascinating, right? It's going to be an interesting one it's, to watch. Exactly. It's, as Graham Lowe used to say, there are two kinds of coaches, uh, those being sacked and those waiting to be sacked. <laughs> so there's been a, a wee bit of the old musical cheers going yeah. on in terms of rugby coaches over the last few months. It'll be very interesting to see how the likes of England and the Welsh go under their new coaches. So, yeah, but at the moment, uh, Ireland, uh, well-backed in terms of the Triple Crown winner, and the French are very well-supported in terms of a Grand Slam winner, if there is to be one in the uh, Six Nations this season. The key to the old Six Nations is really, if you're going to have a punt on any of that, really analyse where teams are playing who as far as uh, home and away, home and away yeah, is yeah. so important in the Six Nations. And, and, I, and I'm with you. I honestly think Gaddy will get a response. And they, they might not win it. But Better than last year. Yeah, I'd look at a triple crown or something like that. It might not be the silliest bet you could go on. Well, they're currently $12 to win the Six Nations. And, the, and they're $12 to win the triple crown. So <laughs> you'd just take them for the triple crown, wouldn't you? Yeah, a bit of value, isn't it? <laughs> 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 Sounds like great uh, Wednesday betting. What else have you got for us, Paulie? Don't forget the Black Cap. Yes. yes. Uh, yep. They're taking on the Indians in the final T20 match. The Indians are $1.44, Black Cap's two sixty-five, And the New Zealand top run scorer book, no real surprises there. The best back there is Devin Conway at $3.20. Closely followed, we've had a wee bit of money over the last uh, three or four hours on Glenn Phillips at $4.25, and a wee bit of surprise, possibly the third best-back batsman uh, or run scorer in that uh, book is Michael Bracewell at $14. Uh, so a wee bit of cash flowing the way of Michael Bracewell to be the top New Zealand run scorer at $14. In terms of the Indians, Shubhan Gill has been uh, very well-backed at $4.20. Very good. Well, thank you so much for your time, Paulie. Great to chat. 
Awesome. Cheers, guys. Paul Mawati there from the TAB. Watch and bet live in your favourite sports and racing at the tab.co.nz. Do gamble responsibly. It is R18. Plenty to think about as well. The Rugby World Cup futures market, the Six Nations, and Beaver's just given you a hot tip, and, of course, the Black Caps as well. Still confident? On the All Blacks, I'm talking about. I've vowed and declared they'll be the favourites when they get to the France. They're not at the moment, though. You are. French. No, no. Oh, the All Blacks are still, still the favourite. favourite. Still the favourite. Yep. Despite fa- everything that's happened. Despite everything that's happened. They're still the favourite. That's why I said people get on them last year because they're you not going to be any longer. You told us six months ago. Yep. Beaver emptied his bank account. <laughs> to go on them. He's all out. He is all out. Uh, well, we're going to get back to the text machine uh, in a moment, but uh, we want to talk to you about Super Rugby. Where do you think Super Rugby stacks up in terms of domestic competitions around the world? If you compare it to what they've got in Japan, America, the UK and Europe, where does Super Rugby sit and how could we make Super Rugby great again? Think about what it was like back in 1996. How do we make Super Rugby great? How do we make it more fan-centric? We'd love to get your ideas. We'll get Beavers in a minute too. Well, Ken says, if the rumours are true, Razor will be unveiled as the next All Blacks coach sooner rather than later. He will pack up and move to Christchurch. Maybe that means he'll become a Crusaders fan. Jeepers, that's a strong statement from Ken. Very. So Ken must have some oil. He must have some contradicting oil. Uh, Michael says if Scott Robertson gets the job, his assistants will be Leon McDonald and Jason Holland. Uh, He also said, okay, so we've got some suggestions here on how to make Super Rugby great again. So you remember what it was like back in 1996 when the competition launched. There were full stadiums. It was colourful. It was fun. The rugby was rocking and all the stars were playing every single match. Well, how do you get Super Rugby back to that? And where do you think Super Rugby sits uh, compared to the MLR, Major League Rugby in America, Japan won, the top 14 in France, the English Premiership and United Rugby Championship beef. Is it the premier competition in the world anymore? It's 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 tough to say it's the premier competition in the world anymore when you don't have the fully loaded South Africans. If you had the fully loaded South Africans still, and by fully loaded I mean with their best players, their Springbok superstars, with the Bulls, the Sharks, the Stormers, all you know, competitive, outstanding teams, then you'd say without a shadow of doubt. It's tough to say it now considering the plight of Australian rugby when obviously, and I'm not talking about the Wallabies here, their super rugby teams have been a bit of a, I've got to be careful what I say because anything I say about Australia at the moment seems to be ending up as headlines. But What would you say about them? Oh, their super teams are pretty rubbish, aren't they? Um, when you look at the force, the storm, not the storm, the other Melbourne team. What's the Melbourne? Rebels. The Rebels. The Rebels. Who else are they playing around up there? The Brumbies, the Waratahs, yeah, the, so, the Reds. The Waratahs were, but they're getting it back. And so the Brumbies and the Reds have been their two best for the last sort of five years. The rest of them have been very much, we're just filling holes here. You know, to be fair. And that's not saying anything that no one can argue with, really. So to say that five teams plus two teams from Australia make the best competition in the world, Two from the Pacific as well, yes. don't forget. Yeah, there is, there is. But, you know, Moana had their days. Moana will be better of a share, Vidrill will be better of a share. Super Rugby needs those two because we can't rely on Australia to have five good teams. So is it the best competition in the world? It's tough to, it's tough to say that it is. And saying that... What is if it's not super? 
Well, that's the thing. So, is it where the best players in the world are playing? Yeah. So what you'd say is the French, the French top fourteen is probably the best competition from a point of view of caliber of players. Fan engagement. Crowds. Crowds, yeah. Crowds. You and, know when you're selling it out, people are enjoying yeah, it. Like, I mean, I, I certainly don't put myself through watching many French games of footy. It's, it's still not that easy on the eye. They are still looking for victory and nothing else. It's a 6-3. The English Premiership, same thing. Crowds, amazing. Like, it wouldn't matter how your team's going. They, they only have sort of 12 to 15. Most of the grounds there are 12 to 15, maybe 18 or 19 thousands. But they'll be sold out every week. Mm. And that adds that adds atmosphere straight away. The rugby at the time, absolute rubbish. Played on cold, wintry days. And you, again, you're looking at a 9-6 scoreline. Those are the two where you would say uh, the super rugby knock around as far as who's the top competition but as far as you know as far as quality of footy then it's still much of a muchness so what do we learn from these competitions around the world then first thing are our stadiums too big because when you look at an entire season of super rugby regular season without the playoffs you probably sell out two or three games of regular season a year and that might be the blues crusaders matchup you know they weren't they weren't 20 years ago they weren't too big they were the same stadiums some are even bigger so how do you get the fans back to the ground and how do you get people watching rugby again? What do we need to learn from these other sports around the world? I'm comparing it to the events that I went to in America, the ice hockey, the yes. basketball and um, the baseball at Yankee Stadium. Um, but we would love to hear from you, double eight, double three. How do you think we get Super Rugby to be the premier competition in the world again? It can be absolutely anything. Let us know on the Temperum Bed Post text line or even give us a call 0800 150 <laughs> would you make Super Rugby better? How would you make Super Rugby better in 2023 uh, moving forward? How would you make it the premier competition of rugby in the world? Not just on the park, but off the park as well. A couple of observations from uh, heading over to America. There's never any lines beef. You don't line up to get in the gates. You don't line up for food, for drinks. The options that you've got as well for beverages and for food is amazing. The entertainment that they have, you don't even realise that you're in like a half-time or a quarter-time break because they've got things constantly going on inside these stadiums and venues. That's amazing. Uh, it's cheap to get in too. Yeah. It's cheap. Yep. You can get, if you want to, if you want to get nosebleed sets, you can get them for $5. Yep. You can just walk in, good weather, you're walking past, you're like, why don't we just jump in there? If you want good seats side of court, yeah, it's going to cost you some money. But otherwise, it's dirt cheap. I mean, as much as I love Hamilton, paying a fortune to take your family in the middle of May and June to Waikato Stadium, please. Watch the sport, let us cook. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with McDelivery. Rotoflex, world-leading biomechanical design by Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move. Available at participating retailers now. Kick back and relax. It's time for the run home with Kirsten Beeve.
Good evening. Great to have you listening right here to The Run Home. Thanks to McDelivery. It is Wednesday the 1st of February and it has just gone after 5 o'clock. We've been talking about improvements to Super Rugby. How can we make it the premier competition in the rugby world? Tony's got a suggestion. Mix players into different teams just like the IPL have done. Thank you very much for that suggestion, Tony. Michael says, look at the Six Nations. They've introduced shot clocks. They've banned uh, the Chats pre-line-out to speed up rugby. No more huddles before a line-out. Looking forward to this, uh, seeing how the shot clock... you watch it now? Oh, I like the Six Nations. I like the romance, the theatre. It's not great rugby. I've always said this. <laughs> but I know because people say it's the greatest competition in the world. It is just... It's the day. It's in its history. Like, when England plays Scotland, you know, we've all seen Braveheart. You know, you can see your pre-match game... Talk if you have a Scottish coach is easy. Um, and then the French and the English rivalry, the Welsh playing the Irish this weekend, and that is spicy always. And a lot of it's centred around Gaddy getting the archer from Ireland all those years ago, mm. and then he never let that go. And Great stories. It's great stories. So, like, they're going to Cardiff this weekend, and they haven't got a great record there, and they're obviously they'll be raging hot favourites. I... I don't think it's beyond the realms. This is the most excited I've seen you talking about rugby for a very long time, and this is what we need you to be like all year long, Beef, when we're talking about Super Rugby as well, and we want you to have your say how we can make Super Rugby even better. Double eight to double three is the number to get through on the text line. Coming up on the Macca's menu, thanks to McDelivery, we're going to talk about Super Rugby in just a moment with Justin Nelson. Plus, we have a $150 TAB bonus bet voucher to give away when we play Drive to Survive. Set the clocks. That is happening at about 5 After six, we cross the ditch and chat to Barney and the Professor. We've got former all-white Jacob Spoonley coming on as well, and we're going to go through Eddie Jones's press conference. 40 minutes of absolute gold yesterday. Now he's on the front and back page of every paper, both sides of the Tasman, isn't he? This is exactly what Australian rugby wanted when they signed him. That is the Macca's menu. Thanks to McDelivery, delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. This is The Run Home feature interview. Thanks to Mick Delivery. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba! Yes, we're very lucky. He's one of our own here on SENZ. Of course, he's done uh, the basketball commentary and uh, our basketball show as well. He's got more than 30 years' experience in the sports broadcasting industry, and now he's the head of commercial and events for Sky Sport. Justin Nelson, great to have you back on the program. How are you? Hey, I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Great to be with you. Thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate your time, Justin. Uh, And in your new role as well, you'll be very interested in the conversation we're having today to make Super Rugby better. Um, So I guess tell us a little bit more about what you're doing at Sky. Well, I think it's about analysing and looking at all things sport and how we can be better and grow and create more fandom because more fandom creates more viewership and more interest so when you put all of those things into a melting pot you know the wonderful thing about sport is it's a great connector doesn't matter Mm. where you are in the world doesn't matter where you are in your life and what you're doing it's a great connector it's there to be enjoyed it's there to socialize and it's there to bring people together and we're certainly no different in terms of what we do at Sky as well. When you look around the world you look at different leagues and different sports who do you think is doing it well? Well, people's attention has become the most valuable commodity in the world. That's what everybody is chasing. They're chasing people's attention. And in sport, those people are fans. Mm. And, you know, you look around the world and and what we're seeing at the moment, you know, certainly the Premier League uh, today closing the the transfer window, so much interest, so much buying from media and fans and 
it's um, it's such an exciting thing when you're looking at uh, players moving teams and uh, what's my team going to look like on the other side and who am I going to recruit and who are we drafting and all those things we see in the Premier League and the NBA. The NBA does an exceptional job of it. The NFL um, and certainly in our own backyard in this territory, the AFL do a great job in that space as well. Justin, just listen to what you're saying there and, and I've sort of long had the thought of it too. It's not necessarily the product as in the sport, is it? I mean, people can take or leave some of those sports you've mentioned. I, I look at, and talking about our backyard, obviously I'm not across the AFL as much as someone like yourself would be, but I look at the NRL. And, I mean, you can get some absolute bludges of games in the NRL, but what they do around it, uh, the hype, and uh, I guess the what they do with the broadcasting, it just makes it must-watch, doesn't it? You're always going to get good and bad games. doesn't matter what sport you play. doesn't matter what the contest. You're always going to get games that are, are thrilling, high level. Sometimes they're a dour struggle. Sometimes, you know, they converge on the point of, of being disinteresting. But it's about what you put around. What you're saying mm. is spot on. The socialising, the aspect where people can engage with a sport and do it in a way where they can socialise with their mates that's the integral part of sport right now. Try and make it competitive. Try and make it balanced. Yes, you'll get good games. Sometimes you'll get bad games. But again, if it's something that people can connect with through tribalism and through socialising with their mates, and don't forget, 90% of people go to events to socialise. That's what we do as human beings. That's what people are chasing. Beaver has an idea to make Super Rugby better. We've been asking uh, all of our listeners today and, and he's come up with a suggestion of a Super Rugby draft. Do you think something like that would work in Super? <laughs> and, and what about a transfer window? Well, I can tell you now, uh, anyone who has uh, has been listening into all the stuff that I rabbit on about in sport, um, it's the first thing that I'd change. It's the first thing that I'd bring into Super Rugby. I've, I've been pretty vocal about it. Um, I've lived much of my sporting life and fandom through drafts. Mm. I mean, the AFL brought this in 30-plus years ago. It's not new. You know, the NFL, the NBA, they've had it for decades. People today want to connect. The young audience today wants to connect with fantasy. They want to connect with drafts and trade windows and changing things up. This is all about innovation and immersing people in their game. You have to move the, the, the needle, the fan needle, from being passive Viewers, passive fans, into tribal fans. And I think a draft would be fantastic. I think a transfer window would be excellent. And I think combines and looking at that next generation (laughs) of talent coming through. Oh, the combines would be phenomenal, wouldn't they? Yeah, well, the funny thing what you're talking about there, Justin, is when Super Rugby first started, and for a long time, they actually had a draft where they all sat in Wellington. uh, And they were only allowed to protect very much a playing 15, and then everyone else was on the market. And you think now, you look back at that now, wouldn't that have made great television? And, uh, pl- oh. and fan engagement if you had cameras watching the fights. What happened to that? Oh, it got cut because of centralised contracting. Right. Because so, guys then started getting contracted to the actual franchises as opposed to New Zealand rugby. But you, could you imagine that, mate? The the theatre of watching the five super oh. rugby coaches. You'd be hooked. Yeah. Locked on. Yeah, look, it was only probably six weeks ago where I'm sitting in, in the lounge room in my house in Wellington and I'm tuned into the AFL draft that went for three nights, three. <laughs> and I couldn't wait to get home and switch on the computer, log in and watch the draft unfold. I was captivated by it. Um, these days, if you look at the AFL as a system, there is a mechanism for teams to protect 
or have an opportunity to protect father-son selections, academy selections. Uh, but the system they have there is if another team bids or drafts one of those players, I should say, you have a chance to counter that by bidding on that player and using accumulation of points from other draft selections you have. So it's a very, very good system. And I can tell you now as a consumer, it absolutely sucks you in. And I think there's an opportunity to do that here with Super Rugby. I really do. It's fascinating, isn't it? Uh, we had another listener uh, suggest that uh, an IPL-type auction, which is sort of like what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, there's different ways of doing it. But I guess what we're seeing and what we're learning from these competitions overseas mm. is this is what fans are connecting with. This is what they want from their leisure time, this is how they want to invest their time in sport. The, the, the AFL, one in 23 Australians, one in 23 are paid up, fully paid up members of an AFL team. It's about 1.1, 1.2 million people. Wow. If we had the same here for rugby, for Super Rugby in New Zealand, that would be 217,000 paid up members of a Super Rugby team here in New Zealand. Imagine that. You wouldn't have any issues getting people to grounds then, would you? You'd be sold out at every every game. Well, not only that, but imagine the money coming into the ecosystem of those mm. teams and that then flows onto players and um, facilities and you know what you can put back into fan engagement and deliver to fans uh, for that in-game experience as well. So that's where we need to get to. I think that's where we can get to. I don't buy into the game is broken. I just buy into the fact that I think that we can... Uh, take fans from being immersive to tribal. And I think that's the next big step for us here in New Zealand, not just in, in, in rugby, but I think in other sports as well. The opportunities there. That's a fascinating conversation. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, Justin. We appreciate your knowledge uh, and taking time to chat to us on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Doing thanks, a wonderful Justin. job as well as the head of commercial and events for Sky Sports Sky. Very, very lucky to have someone mm. of Justin Nelson's calibre. And so are we right here on SENZ as well. That was interesting, wasn't it, Beef? Yep. That was very interesting. When you when you hear it, it sounds so simple and you think, well, why isn't it happening? And really, what are the chances that this is going to happen? And what sort of timeline are we talking? They're not just going to turn around and say, we're doing this next year, are no, they? No, no. And a couple of things that fascinate me. The, the draft thing. Like, yeah, and the combine. The, the combine. The combine. We all want to see. A, we all want to see the hundred fastest athletes yes. line up and see who will win that race. And for, and for those who may not follow American sport, combine is essentially where they get all the the next generation coming, and they and they literally fitness test them. But yeah. you watch it, and uh, and they take. Probably, I guess American sport might be a little bit different to say our rugby, where you've got to have a you've got to be able to play the game. But they take a huge amount out of the combine, don't they, in American sport through for their athleticism. But a few things that Justin mentioned for me uh, stood out. Obviously, the draft, like yeah. it solves so many problems. He talked about a competitive competition. You instantly get a competitive competition if you can't stockpile. If you have to relinquish... Does that mean Kiwis would be playing for Australian no, teams? No, no, no. I still say But it would have New to Zealand. if this is a draft and you're talking super rugby, that means you could go to any of those 12 teams, whether it's Moana Pacifica or oh, Australia. Would... It evens out the competition, doesn't it? It makes things more interesting. No, but if we had six good New Zealand teams, including Moana, that's what I'm saying, I would, I'd still keep the draft just in New Zealand. And you, and so Aussie to. would have their own and New Zealand would Aussie have their own. Aussie can have their own. Aussie can do what they want. We're just playing the same competition. But Because right now, name me a New Zealand team that can win the competition. 
this year? Crusaders yes. and Blues. Yes. You're, Chiefs. You're stopping it there? Chiefs? Okay. Just those three. Just those three. Yeah. I guarantee if you get a draft, you can throw in the other three. Yeah, exactly. But but you can't just have a New Zealand draft and then what Australia are still in the same position. They still don't have the players. They you, you still get, have too many teams. Yeah. So it's not competitive. You won't get them into bed. But suddenly you've got six teams. You've got the Brumbies. You've got the Jury. That's eight. Yeah, suddenly you have got a decent competition. You've got eight and six of them come from New Zealand. Yep. But but that's all of a sudden. But I mean, the NBA, they have a draft, but not every one of them is in the NBA. Um, so the the thing that he mentioned too, the social aspect, people go to make a day of it. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, and it's the same reason the Wellington Sevens died, this country doesn't really allow it, like like other countries. Like you, you play, when you play overseas, the restrictions, the restrictions are ridiculous in this yeah. country and, and bar owners and local councils or local event organisers, not local councils because everyone's enforced the restrictions, but local bars, local guys who put on events, will tell you, it's just not worth the hassle. You go to, you go to big games overseas, entire precincts are locked down and people are drinking on the streets and making a day of it. And I, I don't mean to keep coming back that alcohol solves everything. No. But it makes, it makes an atmosphere and it makes an event because people these days, they could go to a concert on Saturday night and but not sit in the But you never see people that are absolutely out of control, from, in America anyway. People are having fun, but you don't see them absolutely... Because they're not, off their chops. Because they've got their own designated exactly. drinking bars and areas that they can watch the game from, hang out with their mates. Probably not even watching the game, but they're enjoying it. They're there and they're having fun. No, well, and go, then you've got the families that are in the next stand. Well, I go back to that Dubai event that I went to. There was bars and things all situated around the, on the field, field. <laughs> on the field and around the field. And it was like, yep, the World Series Sevens is happening right there. Yeah. And you go in to be a part of it, but you're also having fun out the back because there's facilities for you to do it. So, And the tribalism is another one for me. I mean, I, I hate to, I still think we missed the trick when COVID hit. We could have blown up Super Rugby and gone full noise tribalism again. We've, we, we can't go back to that. It's not going to happen. But we, we very, I, I think we've got to be very careful around the tribalism. We keep trying to... Ch- when you say tribalism, what do you mean? I mean... You're born in a particular area, and that's your team. But then you can't have a draft. You can't have tribalism as a and supporter, a draft. As a supporter. Of course you can. Yeah, but you live in an area, of course you're going to support that team. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? It's so, at the moment, we, you, we keep trying to blow things up and destroy our own history. Like, for example, the NPC teams have huge amounts of history. Mm. Super Rugby, 20, 25 years old, and... We keep changing the thing on that is because, oh, we've, we've lost South Africa now. People are going to look back in the history books and look at Super Rugby and go, who's this um, Northern Bulls team that won the uh, 1999 Super Rugby competition? You've got to stay stick with it. 100% you do. You've got to build history. Mm. You like you look at that European Championship, uh, what's called the Champions, it used to be called the Heineken, the Champions League now, yeah. that La Rochelle won it. That is that powerful a competition that there's no home final. They would say now, right, I don't know if first year. So it's but just like Super Bowl. It's like Super Bowl. It's in Edinburgh. So you can bid for. And there will be 80,000 people, and it could be two French teams. Which is amazing. I don't. La Rochelle won it this year, and where they win it? They won it in Marseille or somewhere like that, but that's where the final is always going to be. Amazing. It's either at Twickenham or the Aviva, and it's full houses. And it's just because of the competition has history. Could you imagine that Super Rugby gets to a point where, right, this year's final is going to be at Waikato and it's going to be the Crusaders playing the Brumbies and it's a full house? Yeah, you book it out. You know, yeah. I want to go to that. It's just like and, NRL Grand Final or something. Yes. Yeah. 
And of course, I mean, Hamilton would sell out in a second if people knew that they could go on a weekend there and maybe, just maybe their team might make the final. Yeah, it's just that they'll be selling their tickets a week before the final. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know what you make of all the super rugby chat. What do you make of a draft, a transfer window, a combine? Uh, what do you think? Double eight, double three on the Temper and Ped Post text line. Would love to hear from you. Or give us a call. 0800 150 811 on the Makita New Zealand phone line. Don't forget, every caller just on the run home between 4 and 7pm every time you give us a bell and tell us a cracking story uh, or share uh, something with us, you go in the draw to win a $250 Makita New Zealand voucher. We've got a number of uh, options for how to make Super Rugby great again, how to make it better, Beave. Absolutely. Uh, friend of the show, Adam, straight out of the gate, like it. Game day atmosphere is what kills New Zealand sport. Until that changes, crowds will continue to sit on the couch. Couldn't agree more. We need to make it an event of it. We really do. The only time they reckon, I reckon that we made an event of it, and I was hoping it was going to carry on, and because I, was, I actually went to one or two of them, with Tulum World Cup, when we had things like the fan walk and bars were allowed to have, you know, areas out into the road and all the rest of it. That, that was the best time. That was when it was like people weren't so obsessed about just the rugby. No, and you also, like, when Namibia was playing, you went and supported Namibia on a weekday when they were playing Tonga or something, you know, and you dressed up and got face paint and, and had a flag and you supported that team, even though it wasn't New Zealand. People were so involved and invested in that World Cup. Absolutely. Good one here from Luke. On tribalism, I lived in Blenheim for a few years. I'm from Christchurch. Most people there support the Canes, yet the Marcos are Crusaders region. Could never understand why. Most just said Crusaders are too good. <laughs> from Luke. Supporting the Canes in Blenheim. Um, they off that but that was that's tribalism. The mm. fact that uh, the Tasman the Tasman province didn't like Canterbury, even though they were in this in bed together come Crusaders time. Uh we run here from Joseph. We normally get a season ticket to the Crusaders, but this year with three kids and two adults, the price has almost doubled. We will instead choose a couple of games. Need more entertainment at games as well. It's boring as hell before kickoff unless it's a final game, and we do get a lot of them. Nice little, uh, <laughs> nice little slide dig at the rest of the country there, Joseph. Um, couldn't agree with you more though. As far as you mentioned it, ticket prices. You you into American sport? You could sit up in the bleachers, but they were five or ten bucks. And you can literally. Because because it's always sold out at these games and there's so many season ticket holders, like what Justin was saying, those people that have season tickets, if they can't make it that night, they put it on this app and you can buy like these season ticket um, seats that people aren't going to for 10 or $20. Yeah. Amazing seats. Because they're not going and it's on the app. You jump on 10 minutes before, walk down to the Madison Square Garden and you're in. And, and the point that Joseph made too there, me and you both know this, having uh, been uh, on the duty for Sky in the past, there's no atmosphere at the grounds until about 7.29 when the player's about to run out. You know, we're there obviously hours before and the crowd doesn't build or anything like that, so there's nothing there's nothing to entice them in, is there? Uh, which, again, is what, was, what we're talking about here. Uh, another one here, draft system would be awesome as it should spread the talent evenly around the teams, which makes better viewing. Exactly 
uh, we mentioned that just you you think give me an example off the top of my head um, or say the Highlanders for example wouldn't be wouldn't be able to keep Smith or Fakatava. Yeah, a bad example because the Highlanders are a team that needed benefit at the moment from the draft. But for example, two All Black halfbacks sitting there. Um, Stephen Petalfetta, Bowden Barrett at the Blues. Stephen Petalfetta, Bowden Barrett at the Blues. Um, the list goes on, really. Yeah, the Crusaders. Cru- Crusaders, <laughs> like, don't get started on the Crusaders. Like George Bridges had to leave that team because yes. he couldn't even make it into the twenty-three some weeks. So yes. You know, Lester Fainuku may have popped up somewhere else because for a good couple of years he would have been a nice little pickup for someone because he was sort of just on the Sunday starting, Sunday's not. A Braden Enor might end up some floating in the draft and someone picks him up. Just stuff like that, I reckon, would make a massive difference, of course, picking up those teams that are struggling in certain certain areas. Uh, pretty uh, pretty simple really common sense we had five of us at the Hurricanes game and it was my round waited 15 minutes to get five beers and it was only allowed four beers I said you'd better be joking I was sober it was our second beer never go back to New Zealand rugby again some sense coming uh, absolutely silly eh that Absol- stuff is just silly come on and I don't understand open more bars open more toilets if that's a problem at the stadiums we have to find a way to reduce the lines and make it easy for fans that are paying good money to be in their double eight, double three. Have your say. How to make Super Rugby even better? Would love to hear from you. Time now for our bedpost breakthrough star in Super Rugby. Well, this is when we gaze into the crystal ball and we look like absolute geniuses or it's an absolute flop in six months' time, Beaver, uh, when the Super Rugby has wrapped up. But today our bedpost breakthrough star, we're looking at someone from the Hurricane, someone who has been touted as the long-term successor to Adi Safir. He's 19 and he was arguably uh, the most dominant loose forward in the NPC last year. He was named New Zealand Age Grade Player of the Year and was also nominated for the Dwayne Monkley uh, Medal uh, at the New Zealand Rugby Awards as well. Can play number eight, can play flanker, won a Ranfurly Shield and an NPC title, bringing it back to Wellington as well. You know the name. And if you don't remember it, Peter Luckey. Yeah, when you look at the Hurricane squad, there's probably a couple that you, you looked at that could potentially be the breakout star. But Luckey, obviously, you mentioned the NPC form. 19, getting compared to Artie Savier already is a bit concerning as far as a rap on someone, but from what you see, from what you hear, he is going to be the real deal. Uh, we're acting like we're giving you a red-hot tip here. <laughs> I think we're stating the obvious. F- potentially for the Hurricanes, early doors, I would imagine in the first five or six rounds, he will be used off the bench and used as a real dynamic impact player. Well, now that we know the All Blacks rest policy will be in place again this year, which means every five matches the All Blacks have to be rested, uh, including in the playoffs as well. That means Adi Savet is not going to play every single game for the Hurricanes so, this sorry, season. Sorry, can you repeat that? Every I know. five matches the All Blacks have to be rested. Even in the playoffs? Yeah. So the coaches have to think ahead to how many games they'll make it and rest their players accordingly. Leo McDonald came out last week and, and spoke about it. So it's something else they've just got to deal with, got to think about. But Adi Savia is going to have games off and he may be eased into the season as well, which gives this young kid yes. a serious opportunity to show what he's got. Big step up going from NPC to yes. Super Rugby level. Uh, and, and he's only young. And that's, and that's the only thing, I mean... From everyone you talk to in the know, they all say it's a matter of when, not if. 
he becomes an All Black. The only thing in that position, you know, and loose forward's a little bit different to maybe a proper or a lock, but it's still going from MPC to Super Rugby and how do you how do you word this? You literally goes from potentially easier, softer opposition to not many soft spots in a Super Rugby pack when you when you're going up against the Blues, the Crusaders, a Chiefs forward pack, a Highlanders forward pack with full of you know gnarly veterans. You know you think all of a sudden you're going to be going against a Crusaders pack laden with All Blacks, a Chiefs pack laden with All Blacks, a Blues pack laden with All Blacks. It's a little bit different to bullying up on the NPC. Seems like the kind of guy that would embrace the challenge. Exactly. Though. Yeah, from everything you've seen, mm. it's certainly, that's probably what's the only thing that's going to stop him from potentially being a bolter at this year's World Cup, maybe just a year or two too early, but jeez, you never know. He is our bedpost breakthrough super rugby star. Keep your eyes on him when the competition uh, kicks off in the final weekend of February. We're less than four weeks away from that competition starting. Enjoy the best night's sleep in years with a temper electric adjustable bed from Bedpost. Coming up, we play Drive to Survive. This is your cue to call. So give us a bell 0800 150811 on the Makita New Zealand phone line. You could be taking home a whopping $150 bonus bet voucher, all thanks to our great friends. Friends at the TAB. This is Drive to Survive. Yes, it is. This is Drive to Survive, and it's big time. This is the final day of Beaver being in the country until next Tuesday. So we want to give it away. We want to fill someone's pockets up with a $150 Coles Hard voucher. From the TAB. Can it be done, Beeve? Can it be done? Geez, I hope so. I want to give it away. We need that question from yesterday. Where is that question from yesterday? You know the question. That tripped. What the, was the question? On the final lap. What was the question? Because we could start there because we've got a space for it. Can I'm you just, remember? I'm just trying to remember. It was something, someone's going to message in straight. Oh, yes, it was what a place they had the river running Oh, through. yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Remember? Yes. Everyone did their research. Yes. Everyone's done their research. Yes. What state? Yes. yes. Is, that's the question. Yes, that's the question. That's the number one question. <laughs> I love our on your brainstorms. Yeah, we right. haven't had all day to prepare for this. Sorry, <laughs> people. Uh, Carrie from the Manawa 2, how are you, mate? Oh, yeah. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Now, you were going to get a different first question, but you've got the first question from yesterday. Kansas City have uh, qualified for the Super Bowl. What state are they from in America? Um, I didn't think you listened yesterday. Uh, I'll go Arizona. Mm. That is the worst start to a Grand Prix we have ever seen. No, Jacob. No. Sensational. Is that what it sounded like? That is horrific. Sensational. That is the worst start to a Grand Prix we have ever seen. Let's go back to the original, hey? No, no, let's not. I think we've found our winner. Uh, unfortunately, Kerry, hang around, mate. We could come back to you. Pete, how are you? I'm good. Yourself? Yeah, well... <laughs> Oh, I couldn't actually be better, to be fair, listening to those uh, audio snippets that the wonderful Jacob's organised. Can you tell me where, from which state, is Kansas City from? It would be Missouri. 
Absolutely, it Thank is gosh. Missouri, and we are up and we are running. And there, of course, for those who listened to my geography explanation, there is a river running through there, starting with an M. Which one? Which river is it? Uh, it's the Mississippi. It is the Mississippi. Yeah, but, but you it, thought it was the Missouri I River. Know. <laughs> Uh, they're all great rivers, but regardless of my geography or lack of, Pete has got the first one right. And we uh, all go to 150 from our great mates at the TAB. Question two, lap one. Which former All Black has Dally M winner Nico Hines getting goal kicking lessons off? Front left tires. Yeah, you can see it's starting to shred. Disappointing for Pete and disappointing for me that we've gone back to the old wrong answer audio. For me, I thought we'd really stumbled onto a good one there, Jacob, but not for me to decide. Someone who I do know loves the new audio is John in Christchurch. John, how are you, mate? G'day, Beef. How you doing, pal? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. I'm pretty sure you're going to know the answer to this. He would have been a hero of DC, yours. Mate. DC, mate. DC. Yes. DC has been teaching Nico Hines how to goal kick and, and everything in between, I'd imagine. I'm picking. 150 is getting oh so close now. Question three, lap one. Name the year that Sir Gareth Edwards scored the try that was dubbed one of the greatest tries ever. Um, it was in the oh, 70. Oh, he's talking about the 72. Oof. Oh, I that is the worst start. <laughs> Grand Prix. Give it to him. <laughs> John deliberately got it wrong so he could hear that Give audio. Give it to him then. No, we can't. We can't. We're, we're better than that. We could come back to you, John. Who knows? Jade is next on the line from Hamilton. Jade, tell me what year. Was Gareth Edwards' try dubbed one of the greatest of all time? Was it 73, mate? It was 73, Jade. Well done, mate. Obviously, John got very close, but 73 is correct. Question four, lap one. What count? What county cricket side has Daryl Mitchell and Big Colin de Gromhold signed for? Uh, I don't know too many. Um... Sussex. His engine has blown. It is not Sussex. We now have moved to... Must be Mike. Mike, how are we? Tony, sorry. Tony from Auckland. How are you, Tony? How are you going? Good, mate. Have you got any idea of the county cricket side that Daryl Mitchell and Big Colin de Gromold have signed for? Um, no, I don't, but I'll just have a crack. County cricket side, I'll say Leicester. His engine has blown. We are now with Mike from Christchurch. Mike, can you tell? Good, mate, good. Have you got any idea about this county cricket side that is troubling everyone that Daryl Mitchell and Big Colin have now signed for? Is that Lancashire? It is Lancashire. I was going to say, there's not a whole lot that roll off the tip of the tongue as far as uh, county cricket size. County cricket. Somerset was... Uh, of course, some of yeah. our Kiwis have been there. Yes, and as my team when I was in Bath, Somerset. Wonderful cricket side. Lap two, 
Question one. Who are Auckland City playing in their opening game at the FIFA Club World Cup? Tough question. Tough question. Oh, I don't have any clue, mate. Oh, I don't, don't really follow that. Um, we'll take the uh, country where they're from. Country. Throw a country out. Um, bang. His engine really has the, the country has been in the news today for this very reason. Not that there's been anything drastic in that country today, but the country has been in the news. Uh, we'll go down country a little bit from Hamil- from Auckland here, and we'll go down the mighty Waikato River and find Brett in Huntley. Brett, how are you, mate? It's a, and it's a very wide and high Waikato River. I could imagine. I could imagine, mate. No water supply issue. They're playing issue. an Egyptian team. They are. Do you know the I, name, I Brett? I don't know the name of them. Kirst, can you read out? No, um, that's why I wanted Brett to help us out. It's Al something. Yes. Al. Yeah, Al Ali. Is that it? <laughs> Sounds interesting. You guys don't know any different? That is the worst start. <laughs> we have seen. So you're going to have to agree with me there. Uh, question two, lap two. We are starting to knock real hard on the door of 150 from our mates at the TAB now. Who are the breakers next opponent, Brett? Uh, they're away to the Hawks tomorrow. Well, well, well. We've got there. Need their win. Well, <laughs> the breakers need their win, and I tell you and what, Brett does too. You need that next question because then you'll get in 150 from our great mates at the tab. I I hadn't heard of this news today, but I wouldn't put it past Brett knowing this one. Who has all white? Matthew Garbett signed for on loan. Uh, he's left Torino for NAC Breeder. There's no way. Even I thought that was a bit tough. Because the always have been in the news all day because of that China um, game coming up. Yes. Join the dots, Jacob. Good. Too easy. Yeah, it was too easy. Well it was too easy, Jacob. That was far too easy for so, Brett. He's too clever. As soon as I hear about an always game, I always check, oh, are they going to play in Hamilton? No. <laughs> <laughs> How do you reckon? Would they get good support playing at Waikato Stadium? Would they fill that out, you reckon? The football fans are playing Portugal next Friday night, and uh, I have uh, Miss Penn is very keen on her round ball coat. Nice. Oh, brilliant. Um, so, uh, yeah, might... Uh, might drag her along. She might get a bit surprised when she'll be, uh, where's the cheese? <laughs> <laughs> where's Possum and his chainsaw? Uh, no cowbells. Uh, where do I get my lollies? <laughs> uh, brilliant. Thanks, Brett. And well done, mate. You deserve that. That was some uh, great questions you got there. And, uh, well, any ideas where you're going to use that 150 on? Oh, I got belted on at Trenton when that track changed. Um Oh, on the on Saturday, bees. Um, so I might watch weather forecast if I go on the net. <laughs> well, I tell you what, it's funny. I think everyone's watching a weather forecast these days. So uh, not just not just followers of trends from races. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, we're a bit far away from Super Bowl, but 
We'll find something for you. All right, mate. Congratulations, Brett. All the best. Good luck with that. And enjoy the football uh, with your daughter as well. That is so, so cool. Uh, Tomorrow we start again. We've got $50. We wanted to fill your pockets before Beef went away to South Africa. We've done it. We've filled Brett's bank account back up. It makes me feel good. You feel oh, good, don't you, babe? You're such a giver. Because otherwise I was going to have to take it to South Africa and uh, sit in my hotel that room. That would no good. Uh, punting. Here's a reminder for you. If you haven't yet entered our Valentine's Day giveaway, all thanks to Celebration Box, let the Wild Rose do all the heavy lifting. February the 14th, that is a Valentine's Day as it is every year, and you can win a prize pack for your loved one. There are epic prize packs as well. Just by going to our SENZ win page, you can go on the draw to one, one of our boxes. Uh, that's all thanks to Wild Rose Valentine's Day. Visit their website, www.thewildrose.co.nz, and you can see what is on offer. They've got roses, they've got flower delivery, um, but they've also got chocolates, wine and all sorts of other things as well. There's the ultimate cutie flower box, the red roses flower gift box, roses and kiwis flower gift box and sweetheart's hat box as well. So jump on our website ECNZ, head to the win page uh, and you can be in to win then you're in the good books before Valentine's Day. It's perfect really. Yeah I'm probably leaning towards the chocolate ones because then I get a little bit out of it too. Mm. Yes. Um, Alex would rather have the Red Roses flower gift box. I'm just going to give you the heads up there. Mm, yeah, I can imagine she would. Plus, she'll want something uh, from South Africa as well, please. Mm. Don't hu- come home empty-handed. A husband? <laughs> <laughs> no, he can take him or leave him. He can stay <laughs> it's there. It's the present. <laughs> it's the present on the other side. Uh, but that is our Valentine's Day giveaway, so get amongst that. Uh, we've got a number of texts coming in, Beef, about yes. uh, Super Rugby and how to make it better. If you're just joining the conversation, today we're discussing how to make Super Rugby great again or how to make it even better. Double eight, double three is the number to text. Beaver's offered up a draft, a Super Rugby draft. All the players go in the pot, they get div- it out before between the New Zealand team and tribalisms. The other suggestion, yeah. If you've if you've missed this, uh, Justin Nelson, who's had a variety of jobs over the years in sport administration for Australia, through the basketball scene, for the AFL, now working in the Sky commercial sector and uh, had some wonderful ideas. Certainly, listen back on that in the app, and that's how I guess the the conversation around all the things that we could make Super Rugby great again to to try and make. At the premier competition in the world again because as he said it's not always about the product it's about what you put around it for fans these days people will watch anyway and people will go there I mean look people go to the Melbourne Cup and don't see a horse race <laughs> I did not see one horse it's the Good same day, with though. Cup Day Christchurch <laughs> <laughs> So it's not about the product, it's what they do, as Justin Nelson has said. But if you'd like to join the conversation, give us a message, double eight double three on the Temper and Bed Post text line. We'll get back to your messages right after News and Sport with Johnny Mac. To watch the sport, let us cook. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with McDelivery. Rotoflex, world-leading biomechanical design by Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move. Available at participating retailers now. Kick back and relax. It's time for the run home with Kirsten Beeve.
great to have you joining us on the run home today, Wednesday, the 1st of February. Can't believe we're already one month down in 2023 and not too far away from Super Rugby kicking off as well, which prompted the topic uh, where Super Rugby sits in the world's rugby competitions. Beaver reckons maybe about third. Yeah, I think playing playing wise, from a watch, it's probably still on a par with anything. But just as an event, as fan interest, I mean, you just have to look at the stadiums over there in, in France, in the top 14, even in the Premiership, where, as I said, it's not the most entertaining footy. They still get packed out, packed out stadiums. So, tough to argue with that. Uh, we've got a message in uh, from Brad. Scrap it. This is about Super Rugby. It's been awful since South Africa left due to New Zealand rugby's arrogance. Put everything into the NPC with a draft, promotion, relegation, just like the old days. Uh, amen to that curse, but I've, unfortunately the ship, as they say, has sailed. Well, Jonas, I think that's how to say your name, uh, he agrees regarding the beers. Four beers, not like you're there all day at a one-day cricket match. Two hours max, same issue at the Wellington Phoenix matches on Saturday. Five of us, sorry, you're only allowed four beers. That is blimmin' frustrating, especially if you actually are only having one beer. You're just trying to buy them for your mates. Do you then have to go back to your mates and sit there without a drink because you've got to give the other four to them or else you're just going to catch too much grief if you leave one you of your mates You don't you? <sighs> That's tough. You have to. And then that just opens up preloading. Exactly. And then that's why we're not a country of good social drinkers. And that's why they get banned from the council. <laughs> it's just, look, we've just it's worked it all out effect. in about 20 <laughs> seconds. And that is why uh, the Wellington Sevens is no longer in Wellington. The party stopped. Possibly should be in council, curse me. Preloading, long lines, uh, beer's too expensive and idiotic We are expert, We are experts at a lot of those <laughs> Preloading and idiotic behaviour. Uh, we're about to cross the ditch, though, with the Professor and Barney. They were our favourites last week, and we're so glad to have them back on board. Morning, New Zealand now. Give Here they are. are. Hello, Kirsty and Beaver. How are you? G'day, guys. Great, thank you. How are we over there? Keeping dry? Uh, yes. It is. Oh, I don't want to brag, but it is a gorgeous day. <laughs> <laughs> it is real. It's like it's like 28. It's oh, sunny. Oh, beautiful there, is it? Um, if anything, I'm thirsty. Oh. That's, that's the kind of weather it is. Um, what now, an absolute guys, struggle. <laughs> yeah, you guys are you guys are sort of in the opposite. You're a bit underwater. First off, is every are you guys safe? Is everyone doing all right? How is SEN New Zealand? Well, we were under um, underwater about three <laughs> days ago. I'm looking out to our cafeteria, our foyer that we've got outside now, and there's a lot of chairs uh, up on tables. There's carpet that has been ripped up, but we're fine. We're okay. Yes. Uh, a lot of people across Auckland, the Coromandel and Northland aren't okay, though. It has been quite horrific. Sizable amount of water. Yeah. it's Well, the pictures we're getting over here, it's... It's not really believable. It's places we've visited, and it just it looks amazing. It just looks terrible. So, and, and the schools they're going to remain shut until February seventh. Is that right? They were shut, and then all of a sudden, look a lot of the a lot of the people making decisions at the moment have come under a bit of grief because it's changing uh, every day. Tell them the story about our mayor, our Auckland mayor. Oh, yeah, you, you like this? You boys are like this, actually. Um, I so, love Auckland thoroughbred. <laughs> <laughs> so he's a real good Auckland thoroughbred at the moment. Uh, Brownie's his name. Wayne Brown. Wayne Brown. Um, new to the job. And, he's um, the most Kiwi name ever. <laughs> from here, by the way. Wayne Brown. Wayne Brown. And uh, <laughs> he 
he's done a few things that people have questioned. In any way, uh, he's in a he's in a doubles tennis group chat. So just uh, picture this. <laughs> he's sixty seven, and he's and he's had to pull out of the usual Friday doubles fixture um, to go speak to the media drongos mid floods. Um, unfortunately for Brownie, uh, one of his double compatriots isn't actually mates as, with him. isn't as tight a mates as we would have hoped. And he screenshotted this and sent it to the biggest publication in New Zealand. Wow. Oh, no. Hang on. Doubles 10. Isn't that only one other bloke? We're trying to work out how many people are actually in this WhatsApp group and if there will be another Friday rendezvous at the Westmere Tennis Courts. Oh, I'm just hoping. It, oh, t- tell me that the other person's got a B surname too and they go by the name the Special B. <laughs> oh, I like the Special Ks. Oh, I like special. that. Very good. Very good. Uh, hey, guys, I just wanted to also wish you a happy anniversary. Yes. Um, how are you celebrating the great day? Yes, from Monday, Auckland anniversary. Oh. <laughs> Dave didn't even know it was a thing because he tries to tell us uh, every week that he actually doesn't live in Auckland. <laughs> wait, 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 what's Auckland? So what's the oh, Auckland we don't know what you're talking about. Today is Arm Ball Day. Oh, <laughs> when we, yeah, when you guys lost that game yeah, 42 we, uh, years ago. When we flo- flogged you by five runs. An absolute stain on your great country. <laughs> Does anyone still talk about that? Well, well, we don't. They, should, they shouldn't in Australia. No, no. it was a disgrace. Cheating. And it was it, look, it's happened before, here. hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was reported clever Aussies win. <laughs> yes, it is 42 days. 42 since. years. Sorry, not 42 days, <laughs> I wish. 42 years. Um, and we, are ch- we were just chatting before about what the worst thing you've ever seen on a cricket pitch is. Mm. That's got to be up there. We were also uh, the famous Stuart Broad not walking. Yes. That's a big one for Aussies. Is there one for Kiwis that... Other than the underarm ball that you always, I don't know okay. if you, I don't know if you guys watched the 2019 Cricket World Cup, but um, a uh, ball got thrown into the boundary, and then a New Zealander who was parading around as an Englishman uh, <laughs> flicked it to the boundary for five runs, um, and then we had to go to a super over, and then had our hearts broken. So that'd be yeah. up there. Yeah. And then a count yeah. back on boundaries. I count back on boundaries. Yeah. A tournament that took six weeks. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was great. Yeah. Well. And I think, too, um, if you look at the footage there, the ball was released on one of those last yes. balls. There, yeah. there was a ball released from the boundary um, before the before Flat the batsman, batsman, cross. batsman crossed, which <laughs> technically meant you shouldn't have gone to a Super Over. You no, should have won. you won by one <laughs> in yeah. regulation. Look, it's still hurting. <laughs> it's still hurting over here. Yeah. yeah. That was a pretty bad thing to see on a cricket field. Yeah, that was up there. That was up there. The other one the professor threw up is, do you remember when uh, Shahid Afridi dropped his strides to adjust and was wearing granny panties? <laughs> that was terrible. You cannot unsee that as well. No. Obviously the big that. one for us as well is uh, the sandpaper down the strides of Cameron Bancroft. Croft. I don't remember that. I don't it's, know what uh, you're talking about. When, uh, when we were accused of ball tampering, but all that Cameron was trying to do was... <laughs> Yeah, he was I don't just, know. just have a, having a look at how tight the guy <laughs> did, his, did his draw crawl. Anyway, so um, yeah, anyway, happy underarm day. Yeah. And just make sure you wish years, everybody. Eh? It yeah. is, yeah. Now, hey, guys, yes. the other thing we've been talking about is celebrity encounters because uh, a mate of mine was at a comedy, well, was hosting a comedy night last night and Dave Chappelle, uh, Jeff Ross, Daniel Rawlins dropped by and the Red Hot Chili Peppers were there watching. Oh, oh don't, start, don't start us. Don't yeah. start me. Look, oh, touchy subject on, on the run home. Oh, really? No, you're, what's you're, happened? What's happened? So did you go to their gig, the Chilies? No, no, I didn't I, go. No. The, why? No good. Are you no. a fan? I'm a fan. Yes, I, I'm not. Yeah. No. Well, I'm a fan. 
Uh, well, was, I was. was. I was a fan. Oh, what's happened? What's happened? Well, I was a fan. Uh, Anthony Kerr's book, only book I've ever read. Um, I went there. <laughs> I... I, Listen to the audiobook, be I, honest. I, 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 actually, I read it pre-audio books available. Of course I would have gone audio if it was available. Uh, I went there. I was two days out of a foot operation. I said, no, I'm still going. Uh, we were in GA, so I'm on the turf. I went and spent another $60 on top of my overpriced ticket uh, for a bit of a T-shirt merch. I was proud of it. I wore it on the night. Then sat through. Uh, what songs? Can you even name them? I sat through two hours of new rubbish that I could have heard at a local band down at your oh, pub on the corner. I didn't play the hits. Played nothing. Played play nothing. The hits. Oh. Especially if you're at stadium. So I'm guessing that's is a stadium gig. Mouth smart. The home tell of the Warriors. Tell me they tell me they finished with a few. Nothing. The encore was a no. disgrace. Oh uh, my god, they've lost their mind. Oh, and, but, they, and they've lost all their New Zealand fans. Well, they've lost their Auckland fans because we got Texas oh, in. Know. We got Texas in when they went down to Dunedin, um, saying it was the greatest show greatest on concert. Earth. Played the, all their bangers beef. Um, oh, 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 they've got something against Auckland. Know, That's yeah. what's happened there. I've often said you do your B material in Auckland. <laughs> <laughs> you save it for Dunedin. That's that's most. Rock stars, save it for Dunedin. Oh man, who um who start who opened for them? Was isn't it a big Post Malone or something? Posty, Posty, yeah. How was he? <laughs> Look, I'm of and I'm of the generation that you guys are vintage. I was thinking Carl Malone and Johnny Stockton were coming out from the Utah <laughs> oh, Jazz. Yeah, so the mailman, um, just I, a few <laughs> trick shots. Yeah. How good? So I stayed at the pub for the first uh, couple of hours of uh, Sid concert. So I didn't actually see him, but apparently they were very good too. Whoever you know, the postman is. Yeah, the postman. Do you know if the Chili Peppers got to see any comedy while they were in Auckland? Did they get down to the classic? I'm not sure. Not sure. They put on a comedy of a show themselves. Oh god. Oh, right. Well, I guess if you are listening in Sydney and you've got tickets to their show, um, sorry. No, no, no. Shout yeah. Dunedin. Yeah. Dunedin oh, set yeah, list. Yeah. Do the Dunedin and, set and, list. And, yeah, and you guys, will, you guys will appreciate this because I've been to U2 as well. And obviously, the biggest gripe on U2 is what you have to endure in between songs. You know, there's a lot of yeah, yeah. there's a lot of preaching, a lot of carrying on from, from the main man. Yep. I would have taken that because we got nothing from our man Anthony too. Oh, there wasn't oh, there wasn't no, any there was Hello, nothing. Auckland. Yes, Good great to be, to be back. back. Yes. Yeah. Nothing. So. We thought Tauronga Rock, but you guys <laughs> So uh, yeah, glad oh, you glad you guys could be my therapy session. It's no now, it's okay. I'm not oh. a I'm not a big Chili Pepper fan. Yeah, um, and you know what? As long you know what, if it makes you feel any better, I know a couple of the other acts that were on last night at the Enmore, and yeah, they weren't really Chili Peppers type people, so they they probably didn't enjoy the whole night either. <laughs> yeah, right. They got go. some of their own medicine. Now, um, Eddie Jones yes. has hit full Eddie here. Yes, yes. we Very knew this early. was coming, right? Oh, this is God. why he was hired. Scared. He doesn't waste we're, we're, any time. We're shaking our boots oh, right I here. I can imagine. Now, yeah. apparently, apparently we or we're coming after the All Blacks. So Chasing if you us could down let the them street. Know, yeah, <laughs> just to look out for the Wallabies and, and I guess, Australians. It's very scary, Beef. Well, no. as ridiculous as it is. You're scared. Well, no, because all of a sudden they're in your head. You know, nah, our players are too is. strong for that, aren't they? Think our so. players yeah. are too strong. We don't play those. Well, we don't play those games. You'd like to think so, but but Eddie. it started. It started. You need the Matt it? Dunning types. That there's not much else going on in there, so you don't need. Uh, Would that make Aussie rugby players. great again, Matt Dunning? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. So, but you, you played against the Wallabies, right? Yep. Did, were you ever 
scared of the Wallabies? Like we fear the All Blacks? Was it ever there? Be honest. Well, they were in my in my time. They were a very good team. We probably won slightly more than we lost to them, but uh, they were an outstanding team. I mean, guys like I Mort- didn't know you were that old. You grew up in the eighties. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> no Mort, Mort Larkin, Smurf was oh, story. Yeah, George we Smurf were a was good side. Sharpie yes. and the boys. They were a good team. Guitar and the likes. Yeah, hey, because from Australian point of view, we always look at the Harker and we think that looks intimidating. Were you guys similarly intimidated when we had John Williamson singing on an acoustic guitar? Does that send shivers down the spines of Kiwis? Well, I'll tell you what used to get me is when they organised uh, the crowd to be singing midway through the Harker and then I couldn't hear myself think, so I'd, I'd lose my... I'd lose my place and uh, lose my actions and my words. So, you know, I've got that was always my excuse. I couldn't hear what was going on up front because Walsing Matilda was beaming around Stadium Australia. It's great that we've got onto the rugby topic because we've been talking about it on the show all day. Beaver touched on it the make Australian rugby great again. How does it happen? We've been wondering how do you make super rugby great again? Maybe an NBA style draft and combine. What do you guys reckon? How would it go? You know, oh, that's a good idea. Imagine we could actually get Kiwis playing for the Australians. <laughs> yeah. Imagine well, that. that. I never probably blood. have a chance. <laughs> we might. Yeah. Why, that's actually a good idea. And um, internationals, so you can – That's because what, what are the rules at the moment for – de- We yeah. only allow three in New Zealand yep, teams. Right. Well, we hardly ever fill it, but uh, the Australians, I think they might be similar. They've had a couple from overseas over the years, but uh, – Unfortunately, all the money's in the north, so not often the big guns come. No. no we need to make I, I it watchable, know. though, don't we? We need to make it better. Yeah, we. it's funny. We were going through some vision uh, yesterday, yes. and, and it was a super rugby game from 2005 in Sydney, and it was the Bulls, so um, South, Africa. South Africa versus the Waratahs, and there was not an empty seat in the house. Yep. Mm. It was packed, and the rugby was amazing. It was free-flowing. Mm. It was... I don't know. I, I don't know is the answer. You could bank on the SFS. We used to come over, and obviously there's a lot of Kiwis living in Sydney, which helped. Yeah. But you could bank on just a round-robin game, SFS. As you say, if it wasn't full, she'd be pretty close. The same yeah. in Brisbane. Canberra, obviously, smaller ground, so that would always be pretty full. But, yeah, you look at it now, jeepers. I don't know. I don't know what they do. It's been a problem for about 10, 15 years. Hasn't <laughs> for a while. Yeah, I think they've just got to go back to Super 12s. Yes, Super 12. Yeah. Is that what it is? Well, we've got yeah. that now. Yeah, we got to 12. Is it a better competition? It's actually 12. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, Barney's been watching a lot lately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, what Barney means, what Barney means is nipping the Australian number down from five to three. That's mm. what Barney was meaning there. Well, we need an well, NBA yeah. draft in the NRL so the Warriors can get a few stars. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Well, That's the fact we that your, your New Zealand team that did so well in that World Cup had, was it zero Warriors? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, look, Roger might be going back to rugby league, yes. so maybe we're a chance on him. What do you reckon about that news? Well, is it happening? Do you trust the oil from Fletch? No, (laughs) he's a a liar. Um, But if Roger did come back, there is no way he's going. Well, he'd end end up back at the Roosters, right? Yeah, I know he he went back. He went to the Warriors, but surely old Uncle Nick had come in and you know give him the wink, and then he'd be. He'd be playing in the centres. Third party that's deals. What said, yeah. wasn't it? Do, do the Warriors? Well, is there a, a a rich benefactor that could maybe take the take the Warriors under the wing and just start? Yeah, doesn't the Mad Butcher? Does he have the cash that Uncle Nick has? 
Well, mm. not looking at the rooster's back line, he doesn't. Um, no. <laughs> but uh, there are a few, a few floating around. Yeah, we've got a few rich listers. Yeah. A few in the Bs, yeah. not just the Ms. Yeah, I'm not and talking are about... are they Kiwis? Because last time I was there, I got abused by a taxi driver because <laughs> Australians are running up the price of houses in Auckland. <laughs> Look, we may need a Pilatus over here uh, to be able to get Roger and entice some of these other players. Otherwise, a draft system or an IPL-type auction. Now, you know know there was a draft system. They attempted to introduce a draft. I think it was in the 90s. And then uh, Terry Hill ruined it. I can't remember the story. He sued somebody. He sued for for, um, restriction of trade. Yeah, restraint of trade. So Which, if Terry Hill's suing you, his uh, <laughs> loopholes. Yeah, I mean he, he he's not unfamiliar with the courthouse, but not usually. No, you know, involves lobster pots. Yeah. Doesn't it? Is that Tessa? Yeah. So uh, unfortunately, I guess they tried the draft and it didn't. It works well in the AFL. It, it, I mean, if you look at teams like the Giants, and mm. I mean the Suns have got potential, Gold Coast Suns. So it. I don't know, it does. And then, you know, you've got teams like the Demons that stank it up, but then within five years they're winning the comp and now the Blues. Do you actually – have you guys heard of AFL in New Zealand before I get too deep into this? Is it a thing there? Yeah. Who yeah. do all those teams that's belong that's to? That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> they play in Melbourne. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Where are the that's Demons? The Melbourne. Uh, are the they Demons Melbourne are too? Melbourne. Yes. How many Melbourne teams? Good guess. Oh, there is. There's, there's nine <laughs> Melbourne teams. Um, and – and while you're talking about reducing the super rugby teams, why is there a team in Melbourne? Like, honestly. Very yeah. Melbourne question. Rebels. Why is there? Very good question. And they've got their own stadium. Marvel well, Stadium. They share no, they're, Amy. The, they're the Amy one. Yeah, they share the rect- Melbourne Rectangular Stadium, don't yeah. they? The share technical with... name is Melbourne Rectangular Park. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... I get confused down there. Yeah. They're like, wait a second, it's the Oval? No, it's the Rectangular one. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, well, fun, funnily enough, uh, in about the second, the second round of, of Super Rugby, they're having all 12 teams in Melbourne. So That's if, uh, right. <laughs> if They're really jamming it down With their throat. Beaver and Snoop Dogg. I was down there for the – because that coincides generally with the Melbourne Comedy Fest. I was down there last year for it, and I think I was one of eight people who knew that was on. <laughs> yeah, right. So there was obviously some visiting Kiwis and a couple of people that drove down from New South Wales. But, yeah, it, it wasn't capturing the heart of the city the way you'd hope. <laughs> no, no. Well, well, Barney, I'm going to be there this Super Round. So if you're down there doing a gig this time around, I come watch. I better see some of your hits or you, you'll hear me blowing up like <laughs> oh, that. Oh, yeah. Mate, I'll go straight back to the, the hits. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Mate, you won't catch me writing anything new. Don't you worry. <laughs> You're still doing stuff about the millennium. Right? <laughs> I don't know what, mate. Well, it works, I'll do it. Uh, it's funny. Um, they've all each got their super rounds now. So, obviously, the league has theirs in Brisbane. Is mm. it the super round in rugby? What's it called? It is the super round because I keep referring to it as the magic round, the magic and, round. and keep getting out. Sorry, sorry, it's magic, <laughs> magic. round in league. Yes. Super round. And because what's the AFL one? They've come up with a gather round? Yeah, Ga- gather, gather round. round. <laughs> I like that. That's smart. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Um, you know, there's a thing here. You can tell somebody from who's, who's from Melbourne mm. because if you ask them – something about rugby league, they call it rugby because they can't tell the difference between – they don't know there's two different They don't know sports. the difference between the Rebels and the Storms. They, thankfully, they never thankfully for the Rebels. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't worry. They're not recognising the Storms players either. Oh, absolutely. Imagine, though, if they combine those sides. Imagine if the Rebels got some of the Cameron Munsters and the uh, Pappenhusens and those. I mean, mm. that'd be a decent side out. then. Switch yeah. it around. 
It is. Um. So one of the things Eddie's renowned for over here is he, he's said he's going to go after the talent that the NRL are taking. Um. Is, is there any thought of the uh, the Kiwis doing the same? The All Blacks pretty much get the pick of the talent, don't they? <laughs> There's no Warriors. You'd you'd be looking at and going, oh, that, they might be a good Joey Manu? We'll take Joey Manu. Joey Manu. Oh, Joey Manu. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. He would stand out like a sore thumb as far as uh, the target. And I think it has been muted and mm. he, has, he has talked about it. Well, mute. I guess poor old... Oh, mute me, actually. Yeah, wrong choice of yeah. words. Yeah, thank you. I, I, I guess poor old... Uh, it didn't work for Benji Marshall. <laughs> no. Who, no. You know, no. at the time was close to our best halfback. Well, there was... He, there was talk a while ago before Newcastle locked him up for a while of Caelan Ponga. It was one That's of his right. early goals is he said he'd like to play for the All Blacks. And then he went to Newcastle and yeah. they, well, they did what happens to players when they go to Newcastle. Also, very good contract negotiating tool, that one. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, that's right. Did anyone call the All Blacks from Newcastle <laughs> yeah, and see if it was yeah, worth yeah. up in the price? <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, hey, guys, Gibbo's giving me the wind-up here, yes. but it's always lovely to... Uh, to chat next week, uh, the other boys will be back, Joel and Fletch, so you'll have to yeah. put up with them. Yeah, instead of us. Look, we'll winter probably call home, you instead. Eh? Yeah, if you yeah, guys are available. We'll, we'll just be at home, so just give us a shout. I'll <laughs> we'll give you a bow. Yeah, Professor and Barney, great. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Been guys. great to talk. That is our stable mates from across the ditch, the Professor and Barney, absolutely entertaining, as they always are. Uh, and next week, we'll, we'll have the other two back. We will. Joel and Fletch. See you later. This is the run home on ECNZ. All thanks to Rotoflex by Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move. Now, there is a lot going on in the footballing world at the moment. So we've enlisted an expert to join us and talk about the matter. This is sponsored by Canes Deer Velvet. We're very lucky to have former All-White and now broadcaster Jacob Spoonley back on the program with us. Jacob, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate your time. Uh, where do we start? Let's start uh, with Auckland City, who, of course, are playing in the first round of the Club World Cup tomorrow. I think it's being played in Morocco against Al Ali, and I don't know how to say that properly, the Egyptian team. Uh, but how will our players be feeling right now? You've been there, you've done it before. I've got to say, the uh, the production team at SENZ are very brave and beaters all the way in South Africa, uh, commenting on his football knowledge. So... Um, they said that the uh, the level of chat definitely rose when he left the building, Kirsty. <laughs> I'm not sure if you want to comment on that. Uh, I can't comment. I can't comment. But thank you so much for joining <laughs> us, Jacob. We appreciate it. <laughs> Auckland City. Um, look, this is well, it was at one point an annual event when they went off to the Club World Cup. Yeah. And it's a bit of a strange one. Um, it's in, uh, a club competition with a global reach, and it's the winner of every confederation's highest club competition. So we obviously know the Champions League. Um, the winners of the Champions League will be there uh, this year in Real Madrid. And then you've got the CL Signers from North America. And from Africa, you have the Egyptian champs, Al Ahly. And they will be the first challenge for Auckland City to overcome uh, in their attempts to replicate what happened in 2014. And if all things go well, do better than it. Um, Al Ahly are going to provide a huge challenge for Auckland City. 
What we need to appreciate is that Auckland City is coming from an amateur competition here in New Zealand. Mm. So the players do have day jobs and um, they do an excellent job of balancing their football commitments with their main time employment commitments. Um, And not only will they have to traverse the massive jump from amateur football to professional football, but they'll also have to go the extra mile and come up and try and meet the level of a club side that not only has huge backing, but is the champions of their own confederation. It's a huge ask, Kirsten. What's it like when you're there? Like, is it intimidating being on the stage? Because it is a huge a huge stage. When you're talking about FIFA World Cups here, you know, there's a lot of eyeballs. And as you mentioned, there's these superstar teams there. It is, it is. It happens very intensely. The lights definitely burn brighter. And it also happens very quickly. So... Mm. It's a direct knockout competition. Um, And you go from playing teams at Kiwi Tia Street um, and Auckland City obviously (laughs) overcame Wellington Olympic in the final, but they've played all manner of teams from Auckland. um, And they'll now be training on facilities that are amazing. Um, There's no expense spared in Morocco. And um, the reason why Morocco is hosting the tournament is because they want to become a power in world football. We obviously saw them do yes. well at the World Cup, but they want to start hosting these massive tournaments and compete with the likes of UAE and Qatar. Pretty amazing. Uh, it is so, so cool for our boys to be over there at, at this competition, and we'll be watching them tomorrow morning at 8am Auckland City. Uh, we'll be starting their journey at the FIFA Club World Cup. But if we move closer to home, we've got another World Cup to look forward to here, and that is the Women's FIFA World Cup coming up, and of course, Australia and New Zealand in July. And there's amazing news already. Did you see the news about Australia having to change venues because they'd already sold more tickets than were allocated for that first Matildas uh, match against Island. Is that the Kirsty Stanaway effect? Is that what is that what it is? <laughs> because you did a wonderful job hosting, hosting the draw earlier in the year. It is massive. So the Matilda's opening match, which is a second game at the World Cup, has been moved from um, Sydney Football Ground Amazing. to um, a core. What was that back in the day? Was it Homebush? I think for the Sydney Olympics. Yeah, eighty-two thousand. Eighty-two thousand. So they've they've gone well above the capacity of Sydney Football Ground, and it just speaks to the demand and the reach and the status of the Matildas in the Australian sporting landscape at the moment. They are a massive side, and this is going to be a wonderful occasion for us for the third time in twelve celebrate women's football, a women's sport rather. What what's it actually going to be like having a FIFA World Cup here in New Zealand? Like, do we quite understand what it's going to be like? My gut reaction at the moment is no. And the reason why I say that is we have um, celebrated the Cricket World Cup and the Rugby World Cup. And what will be different is that for the previous two World Cups, we had largely a New Zealand audience go along to the game, support um, the club, uh, sorry, the the group stage games, and then um, celebrate the New Zealand team um, in the Rugby World Cup in particular, that did so well on the world stage. And that was wonderful to see. That that final is still one of the best sporting events that I've witnessed in recent memory. What's going to be different about the Football World Cup is that we will have the globe coming to our shores. We will have massive footballing markets in the US and Holland coming to Wellington. There's going to be actually um, a replica of uh, one of the World Cup finals being played in Wellington um, during August, so they might be affected by a bit of a southerly, but the Dutch and the US are going to come and take over our capital. 
and it's going to be huge. So it's, it's going to be something that I don't think we've experienced the intensity of it yeah. and also the scale is going to set it apart from the previous two World Cups. I mean, it was amazing to see so many Kiwis get out and support our football fans take on USA in the friendlies that we've just had. And you need to get out and support all of these teams that come over to New Zealand as well. You're going to see the best of the best in the world at the FIFA World Cup that is coming up in July and August. And what about the Wellington Phoenix, currently fourth on the A-League table? Do you reckon they'll be pretty happy with the position they're in at the moment? Yes and no. I think, yes, that they'll be happy that they're fourth and they're, yeah. they're up there in the conversation um, underneath Melbourne City at the moment. No, and that they have dropped a number of points. They've been in winning positions and let those leads slip, and they did so in the weekend again. Even though they were down to 10 men, I thought they had enough to get over the line against Perth February to navigate, and they'll be going and spending um, all of February in Australia, starting with Melbourne Victory, who are a wounded animal this Friday night, and they'll be looking for revenge. So the Wellington Phoenix are slightly light defensively since Tim Payne's red card has not yet been rescinded, despite the protestations of the club. Um, And obviously Clayton Lewis is uh, starting his rehab from that horrible knee injury. So they're going to have their depth called upon this week and it's going to be a bit of a cauldron as they head across to Amy Park. Yeah, what are we expecting from that Tim Payne decision? Will he not play? Uh, It's up in the air at the moment. So um, the club put in a a protest about the red card to the match review panel. Yeah. Um, We understand that the red card wasn't overturned and the club has also put in a subsequent challenge. What they are arguing is that VAR intervened and incorrectly intervened to increase the yellow card that Tim was initially given to a red card. They're saying that a yellow card was given on the field and that VAR did not have the authority to upgrade it to a red Um, So we'll know in the next 24 hours, I imagine, um, whether or not they've been successful. The club is obviously running very hard at this, not only because they need Tim this weekend, but he's actually been one of their more influential players as they've put on this mid-season tier, which has become synonymous with Usuk Tully's team. Of course, uh, coming up this weekend, they've got the Melbourne victory. Uh, Can we bank the points now, or are we getting ahead of ourselves? (laughs) No, I think it's been a very turbulent season for Melbourne Victory. They've shown um, bursts of what they displayed last season. Of course, they're down the bottom of the table, but they still are Melbourne Victory. This still is, for me, the most exciting and historic team in the competition. Uh, And under Tony Popovich, you can never write them off. They've been unlucky in the last couple of weeks. Um, We don't want them to find form against the Wellington Phoenix team. Now, uh, we know who you support over in the UK, but uh, this is just for playing curiosity. I keep seeing news stories about Wrexham FC and Ryan Reynolds. Did you watch that story? And after watching it, if you have, are you a fan now? Because I feel like football have all these new fans after that series. Uh Look, there's been a couple of grumbles about Ryan Reynolds actually being a owner of a team and then also being an active owner. And I don't understand it. Um, Chelsea fans love Abramovich yeah. um, the amount of money he invested into the team. Ryan's investing his money and his time and apparently his emotions as well, as you saw the yeah. absolute um, suffering he went through in that FA Cup play as they forced a yeah. replay. Uh, the, the highlight for me, though, Kirsty, and you can probably appreciate this, is Blake Lively going on her Instagram <laughs> and saying that she'd purchased ESPN Plus purely to watch her husband suffer. (laughs) That is so, so good. I missed that news, but that is amazing. 
Oh, that's brilliant. Blake Lively, of course, wife of Ryan Reynolds, who is a part owner in Wrexham FC. If you haven't watched that, go and watch it. Uh, and thank you so much for your time, Jacob Spoonley. We appreciate having you on the programme to chat football with us. Absolutely, no problem. And um, I hope Eva's treated better by the production staff next time around. <laughs> Thanks so much, Jacob. We love having you on. Jacob Spoonley there, our former All-White, and you can catch him on Sky Sport as well. He's fantastic. That is your football fix. All thanks to Kane's Deer Velvet. Refuel your body with Kane's Deer Velvet. It's just 100% nature at its absolute best. Just a quick story on Ryan Reynolds, uh, the co-owner of Wrexham FC. He's not only invested money in this club, but he's seeing opportunities to invest uh, elsewhere in the community as well. Um, there was a young boy that went on social media and was trying to raise money for his team to get new jerseys. Uh, He asked for, I think, about £320. Ryan Reynolds tripled it and said, get yourself new team kit, head to toe, gear bags, and um, he sent this boy a message and they are absolutely over the moon. So it does help to have a superstar owner on your team. This is The Run Home on SENZ. All thanks to McDelivery. We'll be back right after this. Well, yesterday, Eddie Jones is back in Australia, of course, to coach them through to their home World Cup in 2027. And he fronted up to a media conference with the CEO of Rugby Australia. It was 40 minutes and it wasn't explosive, but it was damn well entertaining. We've got the very best bits for you. Whatever Eddie Jones says, it turns into a headline in the paper. Uh, That's just the pull that the guy has. He knows exactly what he's doing. uh, And this is what he had to say about the All Blacks rivalry. I think the Kiwis have done really well, really well. You know, they went through that tough period last year uh, where, yeah, if they lost that game in Johannesburg, there might have been a change of coach and they battled through, won the rugby championship and then had a really good end of season tour. Um, And they've gone through that bit of transitional period where they've had a, you know, a a great team from 2012 to 2016 you know, maybe coming off a little bit 2017 to 2019, and now they've had to rejig the team. So I think they've done really well. You know, they've always got great talent coming through, and I'm, I'm sure we'll see that see that in Super Rugby. Uh, good coaching, Ian Foster. Good support coaches in in Joe Smith, and you know the young bloke uh, from the Crusaders. Um, yeah, he does a good job there. So. Yeah, I think they're in a pretty good spot, but we're coming after them, you know. We're going to be chasing them down the street, and that's a good thing, and we want that rivalry to be tough, and I think New Zealand want it as well, so we'll make sure we're chasing them. Well, for 90% of that answer, Eddie Jones was very, very kind to the All Blacks before he said, we are coming for you. We're coming for the All Blacks. So should we be scared? This uh, this coach that has so much experience under his belt, a number of Rugby World Cups, should we be worried? We know what the All Blacks say, that the Bledisloe Cup is their most prized possession after the William Webb Ellis Cup. So are we... Are we in doubt of losing it this year for the first time in more than two decades? This is what Eddie had to say. Where does the Bledisloe Cup rank? It's been what, 22 years or so, um, 21 years. Uh, is that priority number one? Because Australians often compare themselves to those across the ditch. 
Yeah, no, I think it's pretty important. It just uh, when I was joking there with Googie, it reminded me of because uh, we're playing Dunedin, aren't we? Uh, when we won it, or we retained it, or I think we won it, I can't remember. Won it? We won it 2021 in Dunedin. Uh, and Googie was part of that, and the party we had afterwards was fantastic. Uh, and the, Steve Larkham, who's one of our super rugby uh, coaches now, was brilliant on that day, the way he uh, manipulated the, the space against the Kiwis. And, and that's a big target for us because. We know, as, as Australians, if we can take New Zealand, then we're in a good position to take the World Cup. So we'll certainly be prioritising that. But again, it won't be the be-all and end-all, because the World Cup is, is a major tournament. But certainly, you know, we've got a home game against them in Melbourne, uh, where we ha hope to have a sell-out crowd, which will be a great occasion. And we know that uh, the last time the Australians played there, you know, the referee made a difficult decision at the end of the game, um, and he's still recovering from it. Um, and Australia went close, and it's a game. It's a it's a ground, Melbourne cricket ground, where Australia traditionally play well. Um, so that you know we we can get the lead in the series, then then go to Dunedin. You know what a fam fabulous place to win back the Bledisloe Cup. So that's the picture in the head, mate. Because uh, there's only five tests for the All Blacks this year and only two against the Wallabies, that means the Wallabies would have to beat the All Blacks twice, both in Melbourne and in Dunedin. He's a smart cookie, though, Eddie Jones, isn't he? Reminding the All Blacks about that last gasp victory uh, in Melbourne, the first Bledisloe, of course, last year and that difficult decision that the referee had to make. Uh, finally... The final one, Eddie Jones and his legacy on Australian rugby. What more does he want to achieve? The last two jobs have been out with England and Japan. You've really left a legacy there in terms of setting their programs up for the future. And then it's a five-year deal. You're going to have a long time within this job. In an ideal world, what does that legacy look like for Rugby Australia and rugby heading forward? Oh, well, it's only a year, mate. We've got to win the World Cup. Our target's to win the World Cup. We win the World Cup. It changes things for, for rugby in Australia. So our target's to win the World Cup. Then we'll worry about what happens after that. And to win the World Cup, yeah, we're going to take this talented group of players who are going to have to work together uh, to make a team that has a competitive edge over the rest of the world. And if you look at world rugby at the moment, there's six teams not separated by, by a, a cigarette paper. Yeah, they're, they're so tight. And the team that learns the most over the next nine months will be the team that lifts the uh, William Webb Ellis Trophy that stud the France on the 28th of October at about 11pm. And we're intending that to be us. Um, and then, then from that, kids will want to play rugby. You know, you saw out there, we went out to school, out, the kids there, there were year seven kids, most of them played soccer. Yeah, because they've watched the Socceroos, they're excited about what the Tildes are going to do in the, in the Women's World Cup, uh, and there was a small number of rugby. When we were at school here, when Gary and Mark and Glenn and Storzy were here, you know, it would have been the opposite. They were all rugby kids and a little bit, a few kids would play, play soccer. So we, we need to create role models and we need to create heroes for the young kids. Eddie Jones, he sounds good, doesn't he? Uh, but can he walk the talk on the field? We will find out. All will be revealed. That is us on the run home for today. We will catch you tomorrow.